Congratulations. Your morning just got a bit classier. A media legend, a ferocious linebacker, a clueless producer, and you. Searching for a replacement window online? Visit windownation.com today. So raise a glass and act accordingly. This is Bishop and Laurenitis. Hi, right, let's do it live on a Thursday edition of the program. How you living, threes? Living the dream, brother. How you doing, man? I'm doing all right. Boy, Bill. Bill? Bill's doing work out there. Bill the Beaver's doing work Bill, out there. I'm on my last two loads, last two uh, Kubota sidekick loads of um, tree number one. You know, every day this week I've been loading up the limbs and stuff, you know, so you got you got to cut it down in a smart way, right? You got to cut off all the limbs and then you got to oh, sure. throw them all in. And, and they can be wider than your fire pit, you know, okay. um, because my theory is, you know, once you start the fire in the middle, they literally will burn in half and then you sure. just fold everything back in, right? Fold it um, in, yeah. That's so right. Veteran cut off all the limbs and then there's a couple of, uh, of the trunk I got to split, but... I have about one more, one more um, RTV load to go down there. He's and then not I'll taking probably the be doing limbs the same thing. with him. What'd you say? He's not taking the limbs with him. I guess not. He's I mean, felling he, the tree, and then the tree fell. Um, yeah. it was down for about ten days before I started doing any work on it. Um, some of the limbs were were off. You know, the lower ones, c- close to the base, where he knocked the whole thing down. Yeah, but. Maybe I spooked him away. I didn't spook him totally away because he's still working on tree two. Um, Boy, he's an elusive beaver. He is. Bill is. I mean, it ain't his first. This ain't his first tree. I have no idea where the the dam is. I went down there. It's so the trees are right next to a culvert that goes under the road. Okay. Um, and so oh. I, I don't know if he's taking them and dragging them um, to my neighbor across the streets side of the stream. Right. Um, as it continues, I wonder, but I haven't seen the dam up in my way, so I wonder if if he views that at that culvert as a perfect home. It might be. Maybe he's it going in be. there. I'm not hating on him. All I'm doing is I, I'm cutting it. I no, like cut let the, him live. No, I cut the tree down to the point where I where I got to be able to cut the grass, sir. I'm not yeah, letting your home right. ruin my aesthetics right. with the you, lawn. You and Bill so. can get along together. You don't have yeah. to. You know, sure. you don't. You're not enemies. You guys can be buddies. It's fine. You guys can share nature. I'm a big. Maybe I'm Bill's big an entrepreneur. He's taking the wood and giving it to other beavers across oh, the secondhand wood. The whole county. Well, that's good. Because <laughs> if you're going to take my wood, I'm going to sell it to the other beavers. Did we just? Did we just do a children's book here on the program? Bill Beaver at Three's Ranch. I mean, did we just do a children's book? <laughs> Bill can we get Beaver somebody at to print Three's it? Ranch. I mean, what, <laughs> let's Yash. go. How hard Amazing. is that? Can we print that? I think we just did the story. Chops, just, did you just and, do the story? Yeah, and it like teaches kids about supply and demand supply and, and demand. logistics. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it looks absolutely yeah. right. It teaches the kids about you know how to share nature. Yeah, three share nature. Humans Teamwork. and beavers working together to clean That's up. Right. You know, creation. It's amazing. I think we got something here. Feels like we just did a children's book. I don't know. Yeah. Can we print that? Can we get somebody to write that thing? Hash it out a little bit. Yeah. Um, boy, what a crud game tonight. Hmm. They'll still watch. Watch it to the Giants. I'll watch a little bit because our guys are involved, but this is not. So I know you're the same way, uh, early riser as I am, and Chop's obviously an early riser now too. And you say to yourself, all right, there are certain things that I will just deal with it and just be tired and accept the fact that I'm going to be tired. Yeah. Giants and Redskins ain't one of them. Yeah. That ain't it. Yep. Yep. Totally agree. Yeah. Um, 
Not much. I mean, Heineken There's, playing. Look, I'll watch Dane Kick. Jones. Ugh. I'll watch Kick. I'll have my in-laws in tonight. Oh, uh, nice. Because they, uh, look, anytime you have sauce in, it's a win. Um, and initially, I was going to leave tonight, right? I was going to drive up to yeah, Ann Arbor up to tonight. Ann Arbor, right? And then um, because I was going to prepare to do at least you know an hour and a half of the show. Sure. And then you start to talk to people, and you're like, I mean, doing an hour and a half doesn't really make sense. Just kind of sure. call in kind of thing. Um because the meetings were going to be in person with Michigan, and then the Big Ten Network has decided to go back to Zoom meetings with all coaches just as a precaution, which, I mean, it makes our lives easier, to be sure. honest. Um, you get the same amount of information Zoom calling. I'll put it this way. Zoom has made it even better because when you go on the – when you talk to the road coaches, usually what you get is you get um, – you, you usually do a, a conference call. So when they can't even see you – I mean, how focused do you think they are? You know, these guys are probably watching tape and yeah, coach, yeah, tell them about right. so and so. Yeah, no, old line's doing. Great. I asked about the old line. I asked about the running backs. Uh, you know, like I need your focus, <laughs> kind of yeah. thing. So, um, but the home coaches, you know, they they still like the you know a lot of the producers. I think still want to meet in person and do all that. But you don't get anything more in person than you do over a Zoom. It's the same people. There. Same. So stuff. anyway, what what is that has done then? Um, I still was going to drive up early. Tomorrow morning, I was just going to get up and, and uh, roll to Ann Arbor and kind of get there about ten, head over to the football facility, all that. Um, Chicago canceled our hit. You know, sometimes you do a hit from the stadium. Hey, this is Brandon and James. Northern Illinois comes into the big house. Blah blah blah. You know, one minute and a half. Blah. You know, can they continue running for three hundred fifty sure. on the ground per game? You know, first in the Big Ten, fourth in the nation. Back to you. You know, kind of thing. Sure. Um, Chicago said, Ah, we don't need it. Um, BTN tailgate oh. is there Saturday, so you know I'll jump oh, on tailgate okay. for ten minutes. And so anyway, so I'm like, oh, even even better. So what time do what time's our production meeting Friday night, Bart? And he's like, six p.m. Great, because you know what that means. That means James gets to get swole tomorrow morning at the gym. He gets to. Uh, do they let you? Can you go into the Michigan facilities? Get a get a little sweat on. No, 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 not now. I mean, they may have back in the day. Back in the old day, but, like you could make the call to Jake Long and be like, hey, man. Jake will be there, by the way. He's bringing oh, his really? girls to the game. So I'm going to oh, see Jake fun. tomorrow night. Yeah, I'm going to see Jake oh, tomorrow night. Great. Give him a nice big hug. Feels good to be back in Ann Arbor, undefeated here. Just, love it here. All I do is Beautiful. win. I gorgeous. love this place. It's gorgeous. Gorgeous. Um, it is a great yeah. place for a Interesting game. matchup, man. Rocky Lombardi, you know, the old Michigan State oh, quarterback. Sure. Beat Michigan last year at Sparty. Comes in with Northern Illinois, you know. I love watching a game there. I think it's great. I love yeah. the setup. My first time the being there without playing. Really? Oh, yep. you, that's amazing! You haven't called a game there. In no, the, this is what your third or fourth year doing BT, Big yep. Ten. It's yeah, I was always B know. crew, you know. So finally A crew. Oh, um, so now you get the Michigan always gets the A crew. You know, Michigan gets the A crew. Oh, yep. that's fun. Going to be fun. Hey, you saw this from the Athletic top five programs per the Athletic. What I love about this, I'm sure Ari was behind this um, at the at the Athletic. They pulled more than 100 people working in college football. Athletic directors, head coaches, assistant coaches, recruiting coordinators, analysts, and staffers to get uh, their take on this question. Um, and it's pretty simple. What are the top five programs in college football per the Athletic? This was done, I think, because Joel Klatt earlier in the week on social put out his top five programs um, in college football and like where the USC job is. And, and that's where this came from is, is how good of a job is USC. I remember yeah. when I first got to Columbus talking to John Cooper about this and he thought USC was the best job in college football. Mm. He thought, and he thought he was pretty emphatic about it. Yeah. And I understood it. I, I think at that time there was a pretty strong argument for it. Um, you had, you have Southern California, you have California to yourself. You should. Um, and, and you say to yourself, man, 
That's a very winnable league. That's a yep. glamour program. They've got a lot of money. They've got a lot of, you know, all the things that they have that are obvious. I don't think that they are anymore. I don't think it is the best job in college football anymore. Um, and, and some of that is you start to look at the ebbs and flows of a program, right? Yep. They've had some incredible downturns. And, and if, if you are the best, you know, should you have had downturns like that? Um, so that, that's, that's kind of a tricky one on USC. So they came up with, uh, Bama number one, Ohio State number two, Georgia number three, Texas four, LSU five, USC was actually six, and Michigan, uh, was 11, uh, on that list. If you're curious, you can ask Carbo if he thinks it's 11th best job in college football when you see oh, well. him on Friday. Yeah. Um, do you have any problem with that five? I'm, I'm, I just don't know. I think Alabama is recency bias, obviously. Um, they've, cause they've had decades of, of dips, you know? Um, but it's still a great, I mean, proximity to talent. There's still great history tradition. It's stronger now. Like, I don't foresee as deep of a dip. Now, it's all about the who's the next hire, right? And that, can you imagine? Not there. Fire, I mean, they, we always used to say, who's going to fire, follow Bear? Yeah. At Bama, it's going to yep. be the same with Saban. Who's going to yep. fire? Who's going to follow Saban? Yep. And if they look, if Clemson is still winning, like what's the challenge for Dabo if he keeps winning the ACC, but it's just kind of blah to him? Well, you know what I mean. Grant, you, the only now, pushback, assuming would... Clemson doesn't get poached to the SEC, right? But, the only thing I say is like if you're if you're Dabo, would you rather be Bobby Bowden at Clemson? Or the guy that follows Saban at BAM. Because no one's going to do better than Saban. Yeah. Nobody. You're not. You, this will never be done again, the yeah. run he's had. It's, there's no. It's, it's impossible. It's never going to be done again. Yeah. So the, and I think that's a tricky thing with the Bama job is yeah. the Bama job is a good job. But the Bama job is a tough job. Yeah. It's a relentless job because of there are vultures everywhere scavengers everywhere around you, right? Yeah. So that's the thing that's really hard yep. is is it's an awesome, awesome job, and they've won there. They've got more national championships from anybody. The tradition's incredible. They will stop at nothing to win. They'll give you everything you want. But, boy, in your own state, you've got a program that's won a national championship this decade. Yeah. Let alone your neighbors. Yeah. No, it's tough. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a – I think that's a grind. Um, that's why I think, you know, look at Georgia. Um, the proximity to talent for Georgia and all that is the same. I like that they're number three. Texas is tough because you're you're battling everybody. You're battling yeah. A&M. You're battling the whole SEC. You're battling Ohio State for coming guys coming in and poaching players. Um, so that's tough. Uh, LSU, I mean – proximity to talent as well they they have an unbelievable atmosphere all of that um yeah you would think us i mean the more you think about it like if you're a kid and you're like you know i want to stay out west i want to play in the pac-12 right maybe my dad and grandpa have have memories of the glory years sure i want to stay out here like do you really want to go up to oregon like is oregon really i mean we they they have weather things as well, you know, that set you back. And I I'm not sure like look, everyone has Nike now. Like yeah. this isn't where or they have special cleats anymore. Everyone has the customized stuff. So where do you want to go to USC? Where you have I mean, dudes upon dudes in that history. You know, like for decades. 
And now I understand it takes the right coach, and they've missed. You know, this is what we talked about yesterday with you know with uh, I forgot who it was, but we talked about like we're not immune to it. No, like you've seen all these other programs. If you miss on the coach and you hire the wrong guy. It, it can dip. That includes it here. Yeah. It includes here. It's just, I I think if they get the right guy, now who's the right guy? I, I, I don't know. I'm not an AD. I'm not the guy in charge of hire. Obviously, Urban would be incredible. He already had to answer it. We'll get to it later. But it's easy to have one answer now versus one answer, you know. Saban had a same press conference. In 17 a very weeks. similar press conference. Yes, I remember yeah. it. Very I similar. remember it. Yeah. Um, Pretty emphatic about it. Like, in yep. fact, actually had to say... Some of the effect of "I am not going to Alabama." Like you I basically have to say that. We gotta find that sound, chops. You gotta find that because I want to. I want to play that. We should play them back to back, both sounds, and say how similar. Yeah. Um, but, and I'm not. Look, there's no pay attention to the scores, and I believe we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Yeah. The, the urban stuff on SC, but I think there are certain coaches that could come in there and change it. I don't think Bob Stoops is one. No, I don't think Bob no. Stoops wants to. I don't think nope. it'd be a fit. Um, I think that's a. To be honest, it's just a, an easy name to throw out there. Um, so I think there, there's there's other. I mean, Cristobal is interesting, but why would you leave a program that seems like you've already built up to a certain point to win the Pac-12 and yeah. get to the playoff to go down and do it again? I, I don't know. Um, so there, it just takes the right person. Who is that? I, They've tried to go the coordinator route. They've tried to go the connection route, right? They tried to go the. They've hopped all around with with guys and styles. They just got to find. You need one someone two, who don't you, th- don't you think you need one of two things? I'm sorry to interrupt. No, go ahead, finish. You need someone who what? No, I said, I said you're no, you're fine. Go. No, no, I was just going to say. Sure, show. You, you, don't just, you think? I just pop in from time to time. <laughs> That's not true. It's my bad. <laughs> the, uh, it's got to be one of two things, right? It's either got to be force of personality, charisma, dripping charisma. Watch me win recruiting battles. Swag, or, man. Like that's what like, I think the enemy could do that. Yes. I think he would have that down in Southern yep. California. I think he would be because yep. it's in college football, man. If we if Urban's learned anything, we've learned anything, and it's not like this is reinventing the wheel. It's Jimmy's and Joe's, man. It ain't X's it and O's. It's Jimmy's yeah. and Joe's. Do you have the best players? Do you do you recruit them? Do you develop them? Do you keep them on campus? Yep. Can you sell the program? That's it. The yep. rest of it <laughs> schematically. Sure, here and there, everybody, you know, Lincoln Riley, greatest schematic offensive coach in, in college football, could be the coach of the Cowboys if he wanted it. Well, they haven't won a national title. Why? Because he doesn't have as good a players on defense as everybody else. Yeah. He's not as good in the trenches as everybody else, the teams that are really winning it. So you either have somebody with complete charisma or the other way to do it is a guy who is relentless. Yeah. Who crosses every T and dots every I. So that's Luke Fickle. Yeah. That's that type of that's that type of coach, a guy who who is trustworthy, who would have the trust of the of the the coaches in that area. That's yep. the other type of guy. Is Halfley that type of guy? Would he have somebody who would have an interest in the USC job? James Franklin is that kind of guy. James Franklin. I think James that Franklin has the charisma. He might have both. A little he has bit of both. charisma. He would need to have really good coordinators, um, because when he's had good coordinators, they were good. Like Joe Moorhead, yeah. there they were. I mean, they were rolling. So it's. Can he get the right guys? You're, you're absolutely right when it comes to the charisma, the the swag. Can I get a guy in here that? Because Pete Carroll had that. Like Pete Carroll had this swag had of like it. they were going to compete, but we were going to have dudes in here. We we're going to have fun, and we're going to have Will Ferrell come out to practice, and we're going to have you know like he. It was it was all encompassing. It was yeah. the cool like you were the it thing in L.A. 
Yeah. And I think they can be the it thing in L.A., even with the Rams there, if they're winning. But they got to win. And no one in L.A. believed that Clay Helton was going to be a consistent winner. No charisma. And so there's no charisma. Nice there's no. It was kind of no man's land. Yeah. But yeah. they have everything there set up. You know, I've always had a fascinating thought, like, you, honestly, when you when I call these games like this this weekend, um, or like a few years ago, I called a game uh, with Buffalo in it, and Lance Leopold was their head coach. You always see where the great coaches are when they come up through the MAC, you know, or the small yeah. schools, because yep. they are. For instance, Sean Gleason, offensive coordinator at Rutgers, will be a head coach very soon. And you say why? They've improved by like fourteen to twenty. Like points per, I think it was like 17 points per game in one year. They improved. They improved on like 80 rushing yards per game, like like 112 passing yards per game. Every offense is stat with the same players. Yeah. And so you say inferior talent going through a year, and they've improved because they're being coached up. And he's calling things with with massive limitations. Noah Vedral isn't going out there and. Lighten it no, up. He can't drop right. back and go five wide, right? There's a certain way they have to call a game. And I've always wondered, like, if you put Ed, Ed Orgeron, or, and I'm just using him as an example, not to pick on him, but if you put him at a program where they don't have superior talent, he's not winning with superior talent. So if you put him at a program where they have less talent, then what's he really look like as a coach? Most, most smart coaches say all the time, when you have veterans and you have dudes, coaching's easy. You yeah. just call it and let the guys go play. And so you've seen that with Urban here. You've seen, we've had it more often than not. That's why we get pissed when we lose, when you're yep. a 14-point favorite, when you have better talent than Oregon. You get mad, and you have a right to be mad because you're saying, we should win. So I've always wondered in the coaching profession, um, like for Nick Saban, not that he's a, not a good coach. I'm just saying he always had the superior talent. And when you mentioned Jimmy's and Joe's, when it does meet X's and O's, when you have a Steve Sarkeesian as an O coordinator, then you're elite. Then you're untouchable. Like they were last year, so yeah, and, and that's what Satan brings to them defensively and culture-wise <laughs> right. and all that. Right, he does both. He says you're going to do what we do. Yes, you're going to do the Bama way. So he's yes. got both, and, yep. and that's the way that it works. It, it's it's a fascinating conversation, and that's a very 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 big job uh, that that is going to be filled. Very, well, very, we, very I think we'll job. be talking about it for another I mean twenty weeks. I don't think. Yeah, it, but it, I think it, that honestly, if you're the AD of USC, I think you have to wait to see how the Jaguar season goes. If he's even in, on your list, right? No, you if, try to get Luke, buddy, you try to get James, you try to get Irv, you try to get them all in for interviews. If he's two and ten, ask him again. Ask again. <laughs> ask again. Uh, Irv, you want? No, not talking to you. Two and ten. Hey, who's of, uh, oh herbs? Good to talk. Right. How are you doing? <laughs> who's his agent? The former. It's isn't it uh, the former uh, Gator player played for the Bears? Isn't that his agent? Um, I don't know. Get him on the phone. Um, couple of things from social. Uh, Christopher says, speaking of the Threes Ranch, can we get the Longhorns pushed back? We're working, I'm working on that, Chris. I'm working on that. We're working on Longhorns. You don't got to sell me on the Longhorns. And, you got to sell the, Cersei. All oh, right. gosh. She's going to love them. They're just amazing animals. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Her whole thing will be like, I mean, who's going who's gonna to clean up the turds? Who's going to do no, all No, you that, don't clean you know? up the turds. They That's just stay. Her. That's what I told it's, her. It's a, it's a, they, they, they fertilize. They're just eating grass. It's just grass. Just fertilize. Um, also, this from Snagglepuss. He's, he says, how is Michigan not the best job? You can lose four games a year and not get fired. Sign me up. <laughs> that's a 
good job out of him. Uh, you'll hear Urban, and you'll uh, judge for yourself on that. A very interesting press conference in Berea yesterday from Kevin Stefanski. Mm. We'll have that for you coming up. Dan Lobby going to join us at 948 on the Browns front, off and running on a Thursday. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here in the fan. You love sports. We love sports. You love the Buckeyes. We love the Buckeyes. You love your mom. We love your mom. The fan, Ohio sports destination. First Fridays are a thing. Drinking bad bourbon is not a thing. This is Bishop and Laurinaitis. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. I've been telling you for a while about the amazing deals over at Jermaine Toyota. They must be ridiculous. I'm not lying to you because they're coming to take the Tundra from me this morning. Drop off a new one because why? They sold it because the deals are that good. So you got to get out there. Where are they? They're east of downtown. You should know that by now. They're at 5711 Scarborough Boulevard, or you can see them online, JermaineToyota.net. But hey, if you didn't don't want a new car and you just want to sell yours, they are going to give you a hassle-free, no-strings-attached offer, and they're going to pay top dollar for your vehicle, and you don't even have to buy one of theirs. So go say hi to Buddy over there, east again of downtown, 5711 Scarborough Boulevard, online, JermaineToyota.net. Urban Meyer asked, by the way, in a fantastic quarter zip. That's a beautiful. He looked like it looks like a that do you see that Jaguar quarter zip he's in? Of course. Boy, that's handsome. I like they, that. They that's got a, a good nice job. they got a nice color scheme. They got I mean, you could you could do a whole lot, by the way, with that color scheme that they got down there. Yeah, they don't. No, they, they don't. No, they don't. And I actually I mean I the Jags. The Jags, man. Last yeah. time I played the Jags, I think I had a pick on Blaine Gabbert. The there you go. End, not, that I should, not that I should be parading that around, but yeah. The, the funniest thing is that uh, you know you got to be able to laugh at yourself. Bo. Your interceptions of Peyton Manning and Brett Favre certainly carry more weight. They do, and Rogers, and Rogers, Rogers even yeah. though it's tipped. Rogers. I did yeah. catch it. And yeah, I think I have a pick on Blaine Gabbard. Um, um, the funny thing is that you know after you know we come back on the field after a TV timeout, and um, look, Aaron and I are not friends, but obviously we have a mutual friend in AJ, and yeah. so. We come out, and it's a TV timeout, and I'm just going to give him a little smile. And uh, After I got the interception, he goes, of all people in the league, that thing falls into your hands to break the streak. <laughs> oh, I you were the streak welcome. breaker. That's right. I said, you're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. Yep. That's right. I got up, and I just rammed it is what I did, too. I do remember that. Rammed it hard. I pulled my hip flexor. <laughs> Urban yesterday in a fantastic uh, quarter zip was asked about the USC job. Here's his response. Yeah, there's no chance that uh, I'm, I'm here and committed to try to build an organization. So here was a lot of eye contact on that. Um, what, what do you want him to do? I don't blame him. So this was, for, for comparison's sake, here is Nick Saban when he was a coach of the Dolphins being asked about Alabama. And I don't know how else I can say it, guys. I've said it three different occasions. Well, then I guess I have to say it. I'm not going to be the Alabama coach. I think I've said this over and over and over. <laughs> almost sounds like Joe, like that Joey Molinari guy from uh, now Barstool. Like he could have. It almost seems like there's no way Saban actually said that. Oh yes, he did. Yes, he did. Yeah, it was a big deal that he said it. Look, oh yeah. I, I don't think that Urban Meyer is going to be the coach at USC, but I don't know that. But I don't necessarily think that's because he wants to or is going to be the long term building of an organization in Jacksonville. I just don't right. think USC is a fit for what right. he wants to do culturally. Right. Yep. It'd be – I struggle with it because I, I understand how much legacy means to him. Sure. Like, he is totally aware of what people say about him. Yes. Uh, you can see that from his social media He's presence, social which he runs lot. himself, yeah. right? Um, 
the things he chooses to respond to. Like he's aware of what's being said. Yeah. He's also used to being extremely successful. I think uh, arguably the second best college football coach of all time. We've talked about this. The best quick program builder. I He's mean, you saw BG, Utah, uh, Florida, Everywhere. Ohio State. So if you can't have, just because of naturally, um, you haven't stayed at one spot for and, and had the same success as Nick Saban in that respect, how do you differentiate yourself when you're talking about the greatest to do it? You know, decades down the road when we're thinking back and you're like, man, Saban was so good at Alabama. You could say to yourself, but do you remember when Herbs won natties at Florida, Ohio State? And at USC, like he sure. did it from three different parts of the country. He did it in the South. He did it in the Midwest. He did it out West. Like, man, that's tough. That's tough to build and do it in different leagues. And it's just, I'm not saying, I'm just saying. It wouldn't shock me, but, you know, what do I know? I just, I don't, I, I just don't know. Yeah. I don't I just know if don't it's a fit either. I culturally, don't. I just don't know that it's. I just don't. I don't see it. I, so my gut it. says if if things Never don't go there. well, if things don't go well, um, when you look forward, okay, to, um, you know, the end of his whatever things end in Jacksonville, right? Whether it's this year, whether it's a couple of years from now, and if it's look, if it's this year, he chooses USC, right? Let's just be honest. Like he's there for a couple of years if he as long as he wants to be. Like they've mm-hmm. invested in him. So I'm just wondering. Um, if it's not USC and things don't work out, I don't think this is the end of the road. People say all the time, Agreed. like, do you know the millions of dollars he's getting from Jacksonville? Yes, I'm he aware. Doesn't care. That's not his why. That's not his motivating factor. No. Look at the guy's feet. Anytime he goes anywhere, he's rocking the Nike Pegasus brand shoe. You're like, what the hell is a Nike Pegasus? It's they basically what all the you. coaches wear. That's <laughs> what he's rocking with khakis anywhere. Everywhere. Why? They are free. Right. Like, the guy doesn't, doesn't operate that way. So... When when you think about it, man, he's gotta he's gotta be the guy to he is so just obsessed with winning and 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 the perception that what is the college program that he would go back to if things fail? I, I think, think you, you fail I, in Jacksonville. Let me just give you this: to, he will go back to, ponder, to college. Something to ponder instead of thinking what is the college job that he would take if it ever if it comes back to that. And I'm with you if if he doesn't succeed in the NFL, he will coach again in college somewhere. He will. Just remember this. There wasn't anybody who said when Steve Spurrier left Florida that he would coach at South Carolina. Right. That is not an A+. plus. That best jobs, yeah. South Carolina yeah. is not it. That ain't it. Yeah. But he wanted to coach. Yep. He wanted to coach. He wanted to coach somewhere. Yep. And that's the one he took. So it doesn't necessarily have to be the bluest of blue bloods. He could wait until Saban's done at Alabama, jump right back into the SEC. He could return to Florida. Yep. Coach the Gators. Try to make that right. You talked about his legacy. It bothers him big time that he's not liked at Florida. He could go right back there, and he could do it there. So, yep. look, I I don't think it's USC. I think he's he's I think he's all in on Jacksonville. I would also yep. say that this is going to be really really hard. This year is going to be hard. No, I hard. I, I totally believe that he is all in. Yeah. He's not a just quitter tough. as far as no. in the perspective. He just started this thing. Like for him, no. he's like, I haven't gotten my, I haven't even totally entrenched in this thing yet. Yeah. You know, this is if this was year two and year one was two and fifteen, and they just lost week one again and it was bad and USC came over and it's year two and he can't see any growth. Then I think it's more realistic. Yeah, but year one, 
he hasn't even gone through a full 17 games to be able to sit back in the offseason, take a deep breath, and go, okay, he's I do this different. I do this different this next year. I'll make this change. I'll do that. You know? like yeah. I think it's just bad timing. I agree. I, I, the last thing on this. He's successful at everything. He's good at TV. He's good at coaching. He'll learn. I would also say that he went into this a little naive. And he's learning that now. He's learning the realities of the NFL. And that maybe he didn't know everything that the NFL is all about. He had that thing on Hard Knocks where he's talking with McCarthy. He goes, all this is is football. Well, yeah. <laughs> That's yep. what it is. Yep. That's the NFL. Yep. That's it. You're not, you're not spending time on leadership councils, building culture. I mean, there isn't time for that. You build culture by winning and by being really smart. Yep. So that's that's kind of the way that that goes. Speaking of really smart, Kevin Stefanski's really smart, and I think what he did yesterday was extra smart. We get into that coming up next. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. We've been your Jackets flagship station since day one. All the goals, all the action, all the memories. Your home for the Columbus Blue Jackets, The Fan, Ohio sports destination. It's Bishop and Laurinaitis' is What's Up? What's up, man? What's up Sponsored by your Central Ohio Honda dealers. All right, press conference yesterday in Cleveland. Kevin Stefanski saying Odell Beckham Jr. will not play this week. Here's mm. Coach on that. Yeah, I and mean, that happens in, in the NFL. I mean, you, you, you practice guys. You have guys in different spots. Um, and sometimes you make a decision close to game time, uh, and that's just—it's the classic. It is what it is. It's—you uh, know—he he was pushing to get there, just didn't feel like he could play this significant number of snaps. So I just felt felt like for this week, the the prudent thing to do was let's let these other guys get all those reps, uh, although they got a bunch last week. Let's uh, game plan accordingly, and then uh, we'll update you guys uh, as we get into next week. You played in the league a long time. How do you read that? Um. So there's a lot of smoke about um, him being – look, what's confusing to me is at the end of the training camp, you started to hear Odell's good, mm-hmm. right? Like he'll be good for week one. He's yep. been medically clear for week one. My assumption and things that I've heard is that he was a part of the game plan, and it was a surprise. It said on the telecast, it was a surprise that he was inactive, mm-hmm. which leads to me to think that that was a him decision. And so Stefanski made a point like, well, if that's the case, I'm not going, I'm not going to game plan all week, no matter who we're playing. There's been a lot of narrative about, oh, it's the Texans, he doesn't need to, no, I think this is, I'm not waiting for you to figure out when you want to play or not, I'm preparing this team to win. And so I expected you to play last week, because you practiced during the week, and we didn't play, and so it shuffled some things around. I don't want to be, I'm not going to be prepared like that anymore. I'm going to be fully prepared. I think it sends an amazing message. Now, I could be off on that. I could be wrong. But I think it sends an amazing message to the group of just saying, look, we're going to roll with who we got. And I don't think it needs to be made a huge deal of or whatever, but I just think I think it's more than just big narrative I keep hearing is, oh, it's the Texans, and let's make sure he's really, really, really ready. He, if he's been medically cleared by the doctors, he's really, really, really ready, just like Joe Burrow is really, really, really ready. Yeah. So there's only so and look I, I I think there's more to it than just ah it doesn't feel good um, and I don't know what that is I think there's a little bit of a disappointment from the head coach that he wasn't out there instead of making a huge deal about it you know what we're just gonna we're just gonna put him down right now uh, to to not keep answering these questions as the week goes on right let's let's address it Odell's not gonna play this weekend we're gonna continue to wait and be patient 
It just it, it squashes it before it even gets later in the week, and you have to worry about where, where's the ninety minute inactive list, you know. Um, and it gives reps to the other guys that you know for sure are going to be available. You said a word in there, prepared. Yeah. Right. One thing that this reg- regime is up there always is prepared. Yep. They prepare for everything. I don't imagine that they were abundantly thrilled about the notion of. 90, having to 90 minutes before game time make a decision on if they were going to have somebody in the game plan or not. Right. Right? Yep. So, okay, you couldn't play, didn't feel whatever it would have been. Who knows right. why? That's up. That's between Odell and Stefanski. And Stefanski yeah. is never going to play this out in the media. No. He's never going to get into that. Um, yep. Odell hasn't talked for a long time, so it's hard to say where, where his head is on that. Um, but Which I will say is odd. But... Sure. Um, yeah. So... Um, Stefanski's not going to play it out in the media. So you also hit on something else that's very dialed in. Well, now he doesn't have to answer questions about it. Yeah. Right? Yep. Now he doesn't have to lie in the production meetings with the tele- with the CBS crew on right. whenever that is, Saturdays, Friday, whenever that is. So now he doesn't have to do that because he, he's not playing. That's it. Yep. So my guess is the way this went is Stefanski and Odell talked. Stefanski said, can you play today? Can you commit to playing today? Odell said, I can't. Stefanski said, then you're down. We'll see you next week. We'll revisit it next week. Because here's the truth: when you can tell me on a Wednesday that you're ready to play Sunday, we'll move forward. But until that point, we're not. It's not a big deal. It's not controversy. It's just a matter of this is the way we're going to handle this. Because he's a matter of fact dude, Stefanski. He's he's not interested in that. Yeah, he's not interested in the distraction of it. He's not interested in are we? Aren't we? He wants to prepare for what he has, and he, yep. so he knows what he has. Yep. I don't think that they thought Anthony Schwartz was going to play 31 snaps. No. They're happy with what they what he gave them, but that's how many snaps he played. So I also think now they can prepare. I just think it's a it's an ability for of him to say, this is where we're at. I go forward. I'm, I'm putting the ball in my court. You know, like I think just waiting and seeing. And, and guess what? It's a it's a it's a tip of the cap to your roster, yeah. Because to be honest, like you, he knows my guys will be prepared even more so to go beat Houston, who we are better than, yeah. And we don't need like we have tape of last year winning be- yeah. against better teams without Odell. So let's just not let's not make this bigger than it is. Can you practice today? Can you go today? Like you said, no. Okay, you're down. We're gonna get the other guys uh, more reps. We'll even be more prepared for Houston. And we'll be able to win without you. I'm not concerned. There's no pressure due to talent on the outside. Of course yeah. you want him out there. Of course. But, but we've talked over and over and over. I mean, you want him out here because you want to f- hopefully see in a game this chemistry between Odell and Baker form. Because right. you know if it does, it's just going to make the, the offense even more efficient. And it already is. Yeah. But I don't know if it will happen, but that's what we're all hopeful for. Yeah. We've been hopeful for that since they traded for him. Sure. So, yep. it is, uh, but you should have great confidence in your team to say, you know what, I mean, is it really going to make the difference of winning and losing on Sunday? It sure as hell shouldn't. Shouldn't. Really didn't last week in, in Kansas City. So, yep. sh- certainly shouldn't this week. Dan Lobby covers the Browns, Cleveland.com. He joins us next. Bishop and Lauren right here with the fan. The only radio station still operating with an active booze cart. I'm drunk right now. No, I'm not. Yes, I am. The fan. Ohio sports destination. If you say something with confidence, then you can't be wrong. I, just, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even know. 
Bishop and Morinitis. All right, let's head out on the Bryant Heating Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline for a visit with our good buddy Dan Lobby. Covers the Browns for Cleveland.com. Dan, what'd you make of uh, of Coach Stefanski's presser year in regard uh, yesterday in regard to Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, you know, I, I thought he just wanted to make it very clear from the start that the decision was uh, they, they didn't want to have to go through Sunday, uh, you know, working out Odell, kind of going through what they had to last Sunday, not knowing if he was going to play. I, I just think he wants to have a little bit of that stability and let guys get the work they need to get in practice. And I just think he he wanted to tell everyone, look, this is how we're going to do it, and Odell's not going to play this week, and you know, we are going to do some of the same dance that we did last week leading into that Kansas City game. Dan, I mean, to me, this signals um, just how in control Stefanski is of that locker room. Like, he is so, like, we know this from a year ago. He is so smart when it comes to just preparation. He doesn't get too high, he never gets too low. But he's so calculated, even in this situation, of I'm not going to wait all week. I'm not going to be unprepared. Like, when I think of him, I just think he's always prepared. Uh, to the best of his ability, I'm not going to wait through this waiting game. I'm not going to wait and, and have this suspense and answer questions all week. I'm going to be the one because I'm the head coach to squash it. And Bo brought up a good point. You know, we we don't know for sure, but it seems like there was probably a conversation saying, "Hey, Odell, can you go today, right now? Would you be comfortable saying yes?" And Tim saying, ah, "I don't know." And he said, "Okay, well, you're down. All right, you're just going to be down." And I think that just shows to me not only confidence but just this this command of the organization, to be honest, that I admire. Because I'm not sure I've been places that had it. Am I reading that right? I think you are. And I do think it's significant that Kevin came out and announced it yesterday. He wasn't asked about it. He said it as part of his opening statement during this press conference. He's not really like that. He doesn't always just go through the injury report and and kind of tell us who's going to be practicing and and all of that. So uh, I think you nailed it. And it kind of showed when he decided, I'm going to say this right off the top. And you know, the other thing he's doing that, that I think stands out is he's going to have the Texans in the Super Bowl by the time this week is over. You know, right after the game on Sunday, he was calling them the 1-0 and Texans. He's already called this a big conference game. Uh, you know, he's, he messages things very well, and he just has a grasp on what he needs to do to make sure that there aren't any distractions leading into any football game. Dan, you uh, spoke to Baker yesterday. He was available uh, to the media. Um, just kind of your feel of how the Browns players took that loss. Because I-, I think they had a lot in it, and I think it really hurt that they lost it because they felt like they played better, made some mistakes. How do you think they respond this week? I think they're going to respond great, honestly. I, th- I think this is going to motivate them to, to come out. And, uh, you know, I'd hate to be the Texans this week. Uh, because I think the Browns are confident in the way they play. Now, I thought Baker's message was great. You know, be critical of yourself. You should expect to win that football game. You know, look, if you want to be a Super Bowl contender, you got to go into Kansas City and, and beat them, especially when you've got a 12-point lead at halftime. So uh, I thought his message of be critical, but also understand there's 16 more games left, uh, I thought was really important. And I think the way this team turned the page, you know, I mentioned it after that press conference, Kevin was already talking about the Texans. Uh, they're focused on Houston, and, and I just think this team has a ton of confidence, but they also understand that uh, they, they still have a lot of work to do. Yeah, Dan, I mentioned the boat earlier in the week. Is this the next step for this team? Not just a win, right? Like, they're going to win the football game. But I, I almost think it's it's win convincingly. Like, you mentioned how Stefanski's trying to grab their attention, 1-0 Texans. Um, 
I mean, goodness, they're, I think they share the biggest spread of the weekend um, <laughs> as far as a, a game. Like, when I think about great teams, and I understand that it's literally any given Sunday. I, trust me, I was that team. I was the Texans some, <laughs> some games, so I get it. <laughs> they're pros too. But you just feel like the next step for the Browns is there's no doubt. It's not just winning by like a touchdown, right? But it, it's like it, there's no doubt in the game. Like we're here, we're still ticked off about last week. We're going to take it out on you, Houston, and you you cover the spread. You know, you win convincingly, pulling away. Is that the next step for this club? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I would like to see that. And, and I think back to that Giants Sunday night game last year. They didn't blow out the Giants, but if you kind of remember that game, it was just a really boring game. The Browns went out there; they were efficient. They controlled the game from kickoff to finish. You know, even if it's a game like that, you know, I, I think they'll be, I think they'll cover that spread. I mean, what is it? I think it's like twelve and a half oh, now. Yeah. I saw as the most recent. You know, I think they've got a chance to cover that fairly easily. You know, this could be a game where they win by two touchdowns, and it's kind of just boring. They just go out there, take care of business, get a lead early, and just let Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt take them home. Yeah, going to be fun. Appreciate your time, Dan. Thanks for giving us a little bit of it today. Yep, thanks a lot, guys. All right, that's Dan Lobby, covers the Browns for Cleveland.com. We've got a giveaway for the kids. Winner receives a pair of tickets to Zumbezi Bay. The waves of Zumbezi Bay have been replaced by waves of terror. Haunted houses, scare zones, plenty of wild rides, open select nights, September 17th through October 31st. You can get tickets at ZombiesyBay.com. Bay. Zombies. Oh, zombies. Zombies Bay. Bay. They changed it. There you go. For you. Bringing the noise. Sixth caller uh, (laughs) on that. How do the Buckeyes respond? We get into that coming up next. Fishman Laurinaitis right here on the fan. Day drinking responsibly with a touch of class. Second hour here on a Thursday threes. What was the toughest? What was the toughest get back up board game when you were a Buckeye? In other words, a tough loss or a big win, and then you look at the next opponent, you went, "Geez." My guess is that didn't happen much. But were there occasions where you went, "Geez, this is." You're human. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm making sure that. I'm I'm accurate in what I'm gonna look up here. I gotta, I gotta get my facts straight. Okay. When we went out to USC my yep. senior year, mm-hmm. and we lost huge, and coming back and playing Troy. Troy, God, I remember that game vividly. Yep, I remember that game vividly. Yep, that was a tough one. Um, the thing that made that from it's interesting from a play, I can't I put myself in your head on that one I can't even wrap my head around it um, I put myself in my head as somebody who was covering that team and we knew Pryor was going to start yeah because that's when the keys were handed over yep. to the kingdom was after what happened at USC so then Pryor became the quarterback yep. uh, from that game going forward so for us it was like well we got to I can't wait to see what this looks like with this kid right because everybody yep. loves freshmen let alone yep. him who he was I mean he was. Mm-hmm. He was Quinn Ewers before Quinn Ewers. Yeah, he was. Yeah, I mean another one that was tough. Oh um, seven, we played Youngstown State, Akron, went out to Washington, big win, came home, smoked Northwestern, went to Minnesota, won big, and then we beat uh, Purdue at night with game day there. Purdue was ranked twenty third. Yep, and it was one of those rare occurrences that we came back and we hosted Kent State. Just in the middle of the season? Middle of the season. Kent State before having Michigan State and at Penn State 
the next two weeks. And look, that Michigan State was Javon Ringer. They were yeah. pretty good. Oh, yeah. So I think that, to me, um, was another tough one. They had You know who their quarterback was? No. Julian Edelman was Kent State's quarterback. That's right. Yep. And that's where I got my hit pointer um, right. to where I had to numb it up against – uh, I had to numb it up against Michigan State, and I had to numb it up against Penn State. So I had to, you know, right, kind of get through it. But it was—I came on a blitz. It was blown dead. Julian reversed out anyway. I missed and fell, and that boom hit pointer left the game. I do off a blitz that, that he did, played didn't count. That's what's frustrating about it. Played didn't count, right? Played didn't count. There aren't many stretches in recent memory coming, especially juxtaposed to coming off a loss, worse than where we're at. Yes. This is bad. It's tough. Um, you open the, It was an awesome way to open the season. Thursday night against Minnesota, absolutely. Yep. Fantastic. National television, uh, have the night to yourselves uh, in prime time at their place. That place was awesome. I mean, it was awesome. It was sold out. It was a lot of gopher fans. They were loud, raucous. Then you get the home opener here. Against yeah. Oregon, and then so you, it goes both ways, right? As a that. coach, I would hate it. Yeah, um, because if you're Tom Allen and you open up with Iowa, you're thinking, "My goodness, guys, we don't. You can only do like the rules prevent you from going pads and going live anyway a bunch of times. You know, like the rules literally prevent that. Like Bob was talking about this morning, how like they only went live, I think eight times through the whole training camp. I mean, that's that's the first four practices back when I was a freshman. Yeah, you know, like. <laughs> right, eight, eight eight total practices of full pads live. Okay, that was we had two a days. We'd have eight full practices, you know, full pad practices through in the first week. Um, so it's not an excuse. Everybody's going through it, but like when you think about like, hold on, our season. If you're Indiana or Iowa, is basically on the line. Like our national respect in one week. Sure, it's great when you talk to the media and say, oh, it's grabbed our attention. Uh, I mean, sense of urgency is higher than it's ever been because of the, yeah. Every coach wants to play Kent State Week 1, Youngstown State, Western Illinois. They want to play all these teams Week 1. Do the big games Week 2, 3. Now, as a coach, as a fan, obviously we love it, right? Love it. But as a coach, so that if you have a bunch of crap that needs corrected, you can see it. But it doesn't cost you a game. And so you brought it up earlier in the week. Minnesota-Oregon was great for the fans. Yeah. But if you're going to have teams like Tulsa and Akron on the schedule, you don't want to see them after you've already seen big ones. So if you have Tulsa-Akron, now it also means that the coaches in those wins are identifying, we got damn issues. We got to fix. Like, I don't care if the score says 56, you know, 10. We got problems that are going to come back to bite us, and the players have to really grasp them and not take the attitude of like, "Chill out, coach." Like we're fine. You know what I mean? It has to be a. I thought for one, the players that talked yesterday. I mean, what a what a mature group of dudes. Yeah. Talk about Garrett Wilson. Sure. Talk about yeah. Nicholas Petit Ferrer. What an absolute group of dudes. Um, so I I truly. You know, as a former Buckeye, you're like, you feel good about the dudes that are in that locker room. But you did notice Garrett Wilson said, um, he caught himself a tough couple times. Like, we had our best practice of the year yesterday. Yeah. It felt really good. There's no more, you know, 
joking around, all that. And there, and there wasn't, you know, before. You know what I mean? Like you, you, you catch little glimpses like that of maybe some stuff slid a little bit because everyone was feeling good, you know? Like, oh, maybe a route's run different or a gap isn't blocked the right way or, oh, okay, we'll get it next time. We'll get it. Mm-hmm. We'll get it. Well, maybe there's a little more sense of urgency of like, remember when I told you that was going to come bite us? And we didn't really have that sense of urgency to fix it and practice and really own that rep, every single rep? Yeah. Maybe if we did... This wouldn't have happened, right? It, there's no better teacher than a loss earlier in the year, and, and we've been there. You know, we've absolutely been, have been there. So you can just kind of notice with some of the comments of, yeah. I'm not saying that they weren't all there, attention to detail. You know what I mean? But there's still some comments about um, it's it's the focus has ratcheted up. And well, you, you mean fans are going to say it should have been there. You had Minnesota and Oregon. Well, you also you know, thought you were the best, one of the best teams in the country, and that you were going to obviously coast through fourteen point favorites. You know what I mean, or whatever it was. So, um, I just thought that was enlightening. Some of the comments, the comments. Well, behind here the comments. are some of them. Uh, this is from Garrett Wilson, who you mentioned yesterday, saying that the, they had the best offensive practice they had all season yesterday. Let's have a listen. Today we, we we haven't had a better practice than today all year offensive offensively I would say you know they're trying to learn new things on the defense side so that, that comes with you know learning curve but I mean the energy and just the attention to detail the last two days I feel like it hasn't been like that you know this whole since since camp started so um, I mean we you know we we knew we had some problems but you know when whenever you lose you know it magnifies them all so I mean there's no room for you know, messing up at practice anymore. I mean, if there was before, there's none at all now. That is something things, that... Right? If there was before, sure. there's no room for it now, which hints that maybe some things let go. And then you mentioned the energy. We've never had energy like we had out there yesterday. Well, we'll see if that's accurate. Yeah. Because you'll know Saturday. Yeah. Because it's going to be how you handle... The, like, this is going to be a tepid environment. Did anyone follow up? Hey, Garrett, what new things are they doing on defense? You mentioned they're doing a whole bunch of new things and there's a learning curve. I'm not sure if people wanted you to say, you know, right. what, what are the new schemes that what, they're implementing? What exactly are they doing? Um, look, and, and, you know, we talked about this and we'll talk about it here in a second at greater length. I mean, offensively, they're not – it's not like it offensively is without problems. Yeah. You know, you got to put it in the paint. Didn't do that, yep. um, you know, in, in the game against Oregon. So, that, so that's part of it too. It's it's one thing – I think sometimes, you know, as an athlete, you you and Garrett is so polished – you you get to, we have a lot of those guys where you you get in front of the media and you say the things that you feel like you a want the media to hear and b you want your teammates to hear. Yep. Right. But the only yep. way that you know if this stuff we'll know you're going to know against Tulsa, man. You'll know. You'll know. Does I think it's like a twenty-seven. What is it? Chops. Do you even know the numbers? It, it's like four touchdowns, right? It's in the high twenties. The the spread. I know it's big. Um, Akron, I don't even know how you do that. Think about Akron, folks. Think about that. They played at Auburn. Akron played at Auburn. Yep. And is going to play us in two, next week. Yep. Night game. Cash you wanted checks, your night games, Bo. If you're Akron. You know, you want a big game on campus. <sighs> yeah, that's tough. That's a tough, that's a, that's tough from a ticketing standpoint. Um, but you'll know because you can overwhelm these teams and, yep. and that's the idea. And, and I think if, from an Ohio State perspective, what the program needs the next two weeks. And honestly, then it's Rutgers and Maryland. Yeah. So it's not like, you know, you don't have Penn State waiting two weeks out 
you know, it's really, you know, Rutgers is improved. They're competent. Maryland's a little scary. That'll be the first time you'll know if your defense is fixed is going to be Maryland. Yeah. That'll be the first time you know, did we get it? Are we giving up chunk plays again? Right. Right. You know, that's what you'll know. Who? What was the name of that? McFarland? My God, he's still running from three years ago. That's true. Yeah, he's gone. Yeah, he's still. He's still running. Yeah. Still yep. can't tackle him. So That's why he's still on the Steelers, I think. I think they're like, yeah, I mean. There's something there. we got to find it. So, <laughs> you know, you'll know Maryland's got dudes offensively, and they'll move it. And and so you'll know. that's That'll be the next time you'll know that the defense is all fixed. But there will be little hints between yep. now and then to let you know that they're solving it or not. I, I, to me, when I think about the one word I think, when I think about where we are the next two weeks is focus. So what I mean by that is let's, instead of, a, it almost feels like at times through two games, we're almost approaching this um, almost like like when you're playing NCAA football on Xbox, you got to get everybody stats. Yeah. I got to make sure everybody gets stats. Yep. To hell with that. Annihilate yep. these next two teams. Play your best eleven defensively. You get my point. You're obviously not going to play eleven. There's a bunch of different, you know, looks and and different types of defenses based on personnel. But play your best eleven players defensively on every given, depending on what the set is. We do not need to see guys. We don't not. We don't need to see guys who. I mean, we, I'm, we don't need to see guys who still have black stripes playing against Oregon. Yep. So play the guys who deserve to play. Play the best eleven in every mm-hmm. series when it's out of control and you're up forty-one to seven. Then you can work in everybody else. Yep. But that's what I mean by focus. You need you got two weeks here to figure out who you are. Yep. So what 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 is our bread and butter offensively on money downs, third down in the red zone? What's our what do we do? What when we need five yards, what are we running? And defensively, how do we get off the field? Yep. So that's the focus that I think needs to be there the next couple of weeks. If we're talking to Garrett talk there a little bit about you know some scheme changes what do those need to be offensively what do we need to change going into the next couple of weeks how can you use these two weeks to prepare you for a big 10 slate that'll be a question we get into coming up next bishop and laurenitis right here on the fan buckeyes jackets hard-hitting talk and rothman saving dogs you know just a typical day at a sports radio station the fan ohio sports destination the best Best in the the Midwest. midwest You're listening to Bishop and Laurinaitis. Mortgage rates have plummeted, guys. They're the lows of the year, your home value, the highs of the year. You can take advantage of the situation. You can do so with my friends at Neighborhood Lender. You can refinance right now with Neighborhood Lender. You pay zero closing costs, even skip the next one or two house payments altogether. They do this at Neighborhood Lender. The refinancing is so easy. It's an all-digital, super-fast platform. There's no paperwork. No junk fees, no big bank hassle. You can refinance right now. You can snag the rate of your lifetime. You can lower your house payment with no closing costs. You can also do this. You can refinance and get cash out of your home's equity. People are getting tens of thousands of dollars out reinvesting in their home, paying off debt. However you want to use it, you can. It's yours. But you need to act now. Get a better loan. Get cash out. Lower your payment. Pay zero in closing costs and skip your next house payment altogether. Call Neighborhood Lender right now. 614-882-LOAN. 614-882-LOAN. NeighborhoodLender.com. 614-882-LOAN. Equal housing lender. NMLS 69349. Not all loans apply for no closing cost option subject to lender approval. Um, I'll tell you, I, I think one of the things, we've spent a lot on the defense. So let's just tackle the, I think a couple of things offensively that I'm curious about. I'm curious who the second quarterback is. In. Yeah, I guess it'll be Kyle, um, yeah. and I'm curious 
it, it's taken some getting used to, and it hit me in the Oregon game. CJ's is not a, he's not really interested in running. Not his fault. He's just not a very willing runner. It's very much like Dwayne, um, yeah. and very much like Cardell. Yeah. Where you could, it's clear he wants to be in the pocket. Um, when he gets out of the pocket, he wants to look downfield. He's, he is a pro style quarterback in that sense. And that he does not want to get around, pick up six yards on the ground, let's play another down. You're not going to run a lot of quarterback keepers with him. So when that is not a part of your offense, because that's been our get out of jail free card a lot since Urban got here. Yep. You know, fourth and yep. four, quarterback on the edge, RPO. Yep. Justin bailed us out a lot the last two years doing that. CJ's not that type of quarterback. And I don't know that the other quarterbacks on the roster are either. So yeah. on the money downs, when we need when it's third and three, third and four, fourth and three, fourth and four, what do we do? Mm. So I think this is what you heard Ryan Day mention. Um, I would expect a lot more balance. He said after the Oregon game that they weren't balanced. We, we know that, right? Um, the ground game wasn't hitting holes like it was against Minnesota. Um, the passing statistics were great. Uh, I, I expect all those still to stay the same, right? The passing statistics. Tulsa, <laughs> Akron, they don't have guys to cover. No. You know? Um, so I, when you think of it that way, Bo, you should be able to run at well. Like, I'm expecting high 200s on the ground, maybe yeah. even low 300s, because as the weather starts to turn at the end of the year, you're going to need that ground game, right? I mean, you yep. we saw what happened when Trey Sermon starts to get rolling late in the year. Like, as the weather turns in the north, that's why a lot of Big Ten teams run the rock because it, it's we can still be effective through the air. Mm-hmm. But it's I think that was something after Minnesota we felt very confident in because of the explosive touchdown runs and the way we moved the ball. Um, you thought, we're here. We're balanced offensively. Sure. And then Oregon did a pretty good job. And I think expose some things. And so you say, okay, now against inferior opponents, let's go out there and absolutely road grade Tulsa, road grade Akron, work on those things, make a point to my offense. You'll still have the passing numbers. I don't expect CJ to have 500 yards because the way the game should go, CJ should have about 225 to 250. Uh, Henderson should have over 100. Mike Williams should have over 100. Uh, on the ground, and then you'd like to see McCord have 200 through the air. Ewers have 100 and something, right? That's the way it should go because it honestly should be 35-0, 35-10 maybe at half. Sure. To where you're comfortable saying, you know what, CJ got one more series. Go down, put some points on, Kyle, you're in. And that's that. You make a great point. I'm just curious to see how the offense flows. Whether it, you know, we're going to see how we're going to get a, a real good look against first time against, you hope anyway, against a, another opponent at CJ operating it, Kyle operating it, Jack operating it, Quinn operating it. The thing is, though, Bo, all four of those guys, as you mentioned, none of them are runners. Like no. CJ, we thought it was the most capable runner sure. out of the four options, right? And we, we've talked about this. This is the kind of quarterback Ryan wants to recruit, and I don't have he a problem pro, with it. He wants it's the just, pro style guys. Yep. Yes. Yes, and so then you start to wonder, like, the gun runs where we're just handing it off where it looks like a zone read. I don't know. I don't think we got to really do that. I mean, I know every once in a while he'll pull it, hold the defense accountable, 
but it's not that same dude that back there. So then do you change some of that? Do you, do you do start doing more gap stuff, right? Meaning more like powers and counters and stuff that is more uh, traditional in the sense because the QB run threat really isn't isn't there like it used to be. Well, he'll pull every now and again and hold somebody honest, but um, I'm just interested to see kind of how the offense looks with all four of them. Uh, these are these are fun games to get a glimpse into the future. Um, it's it, it just stinks to say that after coming off out of a big loss because you want to see them, and I expect them. I want to be perfectly clear. I expect them to come out totally angry. Um, with the amount of senior leaders they have on this team with guys uh, like Haskell Garrett and Chris Olave that came back, I've been there. Like You, you come out angry, mm-hmm. um, and you want to prove a point, and you just want to get that good feeling of winning again. Um, and so I expect them to come out really trying to to pound the ball, run the rock, go up and down the field. Offensively, that's what I'm I'm expecting more of, more of the ground game, I guess, more production there. Yeah, we spent so point. much time talking about defense, and rightfully so, it was bad. Um, yeah. and I mentioned the inability to put it in the paint, some of the struggles on third down. Um, but also we didn't we didn't run it the way that I thought Ohio State would run it. The holes yes. weren't there the way. Yeah. I mean, they yeah. bullied up us up front their defensive line versus our offensive line. We're supposed to have the best offensive line in the country. You did not see that road grading. Mm-hmm. You didn't see it. They were more, mm-hmm. and they did it without the best defensive player in college football. Didn't even play, mm-hmm. and and maybe their best linebacker didn't even play. So you say to yourself, "Well, we got things we got to sort out here yeah. off, on the on the offensive side of the ball." Um, and and what does that start to look like? That that's yeah. I think the next two weeks, guys. It's about focus. It's about identity. Yeah. This is who we're going to be the rest of the way. That needs to be answered the next two weeks. Yep. And I I think you had a decent answer on that. Uh, you know, starting you know Saturday against Tulsa and then Akron. By the time that's done, you go to Rutgers, Maryland. We ought to know who you are. I, I, yeah. I think I think that's kind of where you are. Um, yeah. In terms of what the Bengals did in Week One, nice win at home against Minnesota. They go to Chicago this week. Jay Morrison will join us next for a preview. That's coming up next. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on the fan. If you call yourself a sports fan, but you're not listening to Morning Juice, you're doing it wrong. Live and local weekday mornings from six to nine. The fan. His first Friday somewhere. That's a big sense of freedom. You're listening to Bishop and Laurinaitis. And join the fan for the Ozone Tailgate on Lane, the best game day tailgate in town. Catch the pregame show with Matty Ice, Tybus Powell. Listen to live music, watch the game. If you're not headed inside, be sure to bring cash for your favorite tailgate refreshments. Uh, the Ozone Tailgate on Lane is sponsored by TNT Equipment, Pepsi Zero, Capital City Concrete, and Corona. See you on Saturday. Time to head out on the Brian Heating Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline for a visit with our good friend Jay Morrison. Covers the Bengals for the Athletic. Jay, thank you so much for taking the time. We've had a couple of days uh, to reflect on on the win in Cincinnati and overtime. Let, let's start with your impressions of Burrow, uh, what you saw, what you liked. Still any concerns with in terms of a health standpoint? Um, well, the, the offensive line is a bit of a concern as far as his health goes. I mean, five sacks is not ideal, but you did see him you know, kind of pivot and spin away from a free runner. That was a good sign that the trust in the knee and the, the ability to pull that off. Um, I, I thought he looked great. Uh, he said it had career highs, and yes, his career is only 11 games long, but career highs in completion percentage, yards per attempt, and passer rating, and a career low with 27 pass attempts. That's that's the formula they want. An efficient passing game with some over-the-top hits. Um, there, were, there was a lot to like about his performance. We, we talked so much about last year with no preseason and how it really kind of took him a while to ramp up to, to being that Joe Burrow everyone's familiar with, for him to come out and play 
that strong this year coming off of the knee surgery and coming off of only three preseason snaps I think was pretty encouraging. Yeah, Jay, you have to also be encouraged with the fact that, you know, Joe Mixon gets you 4.4 <laughs> per carry, uh, yeah. you know, go to 29 carries, 127 yards. Just this, this offense, I'm telling you, as, as a guy that played linebacker, I tend to always look at teams and just say, how, how would you even attack the offense? Uh, you mentioned the old line concerns, but they seem to be able to, to, to be balanced. And if you could run the football like that, if you can get Joe Mixon going on the ground game, you would think there will be plays open always in the pass game just based off play action alone. That has to be encouraging to see Joe have such a good start. Yeah, and it, it was a good start in terms of the season. It was not a great start in terms of the game itself. It, they they really kind of were slow getting that run game going. Yeah. And I think Zach has learned some patience there, and they stuck with it. And he was Joe was a, a huge weapon in the second half. You know, the early in the first half, he's getting two, three, four yards here and there. And by the second half, it's seven, 10, 12. They really wore down that Vikings defense by sticking with the sticking with the run and and Joe runs so hard and so physical and it just it opens up all that play action and you're right I I think he is the key to this offense everybody wants to talk about Burrow coming back from the knee and all these weapons he has at wide receiver but if if that run game can be what they expect it to be and if Joe Mixon can do 4.4 yards per game they'll, they'll live with that for 17 games for sure was this one on Sunday Jay, where and I said I've said this about the Browns on the show. I, I think it meant more to Cleveland to win it than Kansas City uh, to lose it if it would have gone that way. And I, I'm interested to hear what I what I've seen from Cleveland this week. It looks like they're going to respond nicely from it based on the stuff that you're hearing up there. Was this did, was this a big? If they blew this, how much does it does the stench last this week? And the fact that they were able to do it does it cover some things up? Yeah, for sure. I, I, there would have been a lot of side eyes. Um, had they lost this game because they were up 14 in the second half and this team under Zach Taylor was is going into that game was four and eight when leading at halftime and it's not like this team gets blown out they don't want a lot but it's not like they're getting dominated they've had chance to win games and these are the kind of games they've lost where they've just kind of fallen apart in the second half and he takes that risky gamble and goes for it on fourth and one in his own 30 and it doesn't work off and your best defensive player Jesse Bates is admitting that he was pissed off at the coach for doing that it it could have got ugly quickly had they blown this game. They really are fortunate that they pulled it off. And, uh, you know, they they had a victory Monday. They talked about being a little hungover Monday. This is a, you know, they don't, they don't start seasons like this very often. And then Zach gives them uh, not yesterday off, but it was a double walkthrough. Um, so it's it kind of easing them in, uh, playing five quarters, playing in the 87-degree heat, just trying to make sure they're fresh for Chicago and get their minds back right and not be too full of themselves coming off of a win. Victory Monday. Interesting in a week one there. Uh, Jay, I mean, I, I'm jealous, to be honest. Uh, we didn't have many of those. I, I'm wondering, how do you feel about the defense overall? You know, Cousins threw the ball a ton. I mean, 351 yards, a couple touchdowns, no picks, but... At the end of the day, you keep Dalvin Cook bottled up to under four yards per carry at three. I'm, I'm just wondering overall, how do you, how do you feel about the defense? Uh, how do you think they looked? Yeah, terrific. I mean, you hold Dalvin Cook to 3.05 yards per carry. That was the third lowest total he's had in a game where he rushed more than 15 times. Um, they got what they invested in in that D-line. They got pressure up the middle a lot. Larry Ogunjobi was wrecking the game. B.J. Hill, who they just traded – Billy Price for comes in. He's been here 10 days and he comes in and gets two sacks in the opener. Um, 
that's what was missing last year. There were there were times last year in week five or six where they're starting a defensive line where nobody was on the roster when the season started. Um, so all of that, the, the linebacker play has improved, that the DBs were better, and they really – they they unveil. I wrote about this today. They they unveiled this new three safety look, and it it really paid off because they they put the veteran Ricardo Allen in, and not just as a backup safety and give other guys a break. They put him in there with Jesse Bates and with Von Bell and started moving those guys around. And Von mm-hmm. Bell's playing in the slot. He's playing more linebacker, and it just was a really effective game plan. But they lost Ricardo Allen to a broken hand. He's on IR now, so. That'll be a big question moving forward is if, if they can go back to that three-safety look because the whole point of that was Ricardo Allen's experience and, and just how smart of a player he is, and they really don't have any experience behind him on the roster as far as safeties go. Jay, one of the things I, I've kind of felt about this this season for the Bengals is get Burrow through it healthy, right? Keep him upright, get him through it healthy. Uh, really then in year three, you can start to really, you know, maybe start to chase down some of the better teams in this division. So from a, from a win-loss standpoint, of course you want to win, but unless they go three and 14, which they won't, they're way too good offensively for that. Um, but, but I wanted to circle back on Burrow, year two. Um, I, I see some of the stuff, some of the fun that he has with you guys in the media with the Jamar Chase drops and some of his comments and that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. How much of a stranglehold does he have on that organization? And from a veteran standpoint, how how much is that organization? That's the leader. We follow him. Yeah, I mean, it was apparent as soon as he got here. They, they voted yeah. him a, a captain as a rookie. And he just everything, they they were settled on him way even before the draft. Like as soon as they as soon as they lost that game in Miami in twenty nineteen, they knew they were picking Joe Burrow. They they've been having conversations with him. It's just he he is an impressive guy and he has. He is really he won over that locker room as a rookie and then he did it again last year by coming back so fast from the ACL and being ready for OTAs after yeah. tearing his ACL in November and just gained a whole new level of respect for the way he attacked the rehab. And it's just, it, they, yeah, they pushed all in on him. He is the face of the franchise, and it's the front office, the fans, the teammates, just everybody looks to that guy. He is the unquestioned leader right now. Jay, going on the road to Chicago, um, it, look, it, it's a it's a weird team to kind of predict, the Bears. Um, they're doing, <laughs> I would say, interesting and confusing things with fields. Um, obviously the storyline with Dalton going against the Bengals, just some fun stuff there, but just what are your expectations out of the Bengals going up to Soldier Field? Yeah, you know, it's, it's tough because as, as exciting as ever, or as excited as everybody is about the win, this is, this is still a team that's won 19 and one in their last 21 road games. Mm-hmm. They just, bad teams lose on the road and they've got to figure out how to, how to win these games. And I don't, I think it's going to be a close, grinded out game, but I, I, I'm picking the Bears. I just the, the one concern I have. I talked about the sacks and the hits Joe Burrow took. None of those came off the edge. Jonah Williams and Riley Reef didn't give up a single pressure on 32 dropbacks. That's great news. And mm-hmm. the fact that you don't have Bobby Hart lining up against Khalil Mack like you would have if this was last year is great news. Yeah. But there's a lot of concerns up the middle. And Akeem Hicks is a guy that can just really wreck this game plan. That's what they've got to watch out for um, is the, the pressure the Bears bring up the middle, especially if they start stunting Khalil Mack and bringing him inside. Um, I, I don't think we're going to see quite as much 
explosiveness offensively from this team. It's going to be one of those games they have to go into Chicago and grind it out. The, you, they talked so much about how much the crowd was a boost to them last week. This is the first time Joe Burrow is going to play in a loud stadium and use the silent cadence since he was in college. So that's another issue they're going to have to work through. I just I think it's going to be a really low scoring game. I think it's going to be a close game, and I think the Bears pull it out. Jay, great stuff, man. Appreciate your time today. All right, great talking to you guys. All right, that's Jay Morrison covers the Bengals for the Athletic. We hit thing or not a thing up next. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on the Fan. Head to 971thefan.com to listen on demand and subscribe to all our podcasts. Wasting time has never been easier. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. Two men complaining about first world problems. You're not getting the point, kid. This this is Bishop and Morinitis. It's time for a little thing or not a thing. Chopper is here. Hit it, Chops. Bishop and Laurinaitis. Thing or not a thing. Sponsored by Geico Insurance. Here we go on a Thursday. Tom Brady on the Let's Go podcast. Quote, I don't remember this many rookies playing. Also adding, quote, done are the days of Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, Phillip Rivers, Eli Manning. You know, those are the guys I'm used to hearing about. Thing or not a thing? So, Tom, with all of the advances, is just now realizing he's 44 years old? Yeah. And everybody else is retired? Tom, <laughs> I mean, like people usually retire by 44 in football. They're done. They're done yeah. at that point. Um, no, it'll never be done again. I mean, I just, it, you can have guys playing longer for sure, but not at this level. Not this. Not this accomplished. It's a. He's one of one. Yeah, he is one of one. That's the best way to put it. Honestly, he's he's one of one, and um, I do wonder. You know. It takes a crazy commitment, what he has done with the sports science stuff and obviously his diet and all that to stay um, healthy enough. Yep. But these young guys can do it. Like, if I'm Pat Mahomes, I know my arm talent. I am right now talking to Tom and saying, like, let me in on it. Like, who, who are the doctors you go see? What's the functional medicine stuff you do? What has been the main difference for longevity? And, and start taking those down because the the hits and stuff, um, you know, they, they they'll keep coming, you know, over and over. I mean, look how young Tom looks. And then I don't know if what your thoughts, but our guy Rogers isn't looking so young. I think I think Aaron Rodgers looks like he's an extra in Sons of Anarchy, <laughs> right? Yeah. Shelly goes, right. "Gosh, Aaron looks old." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah he, he looks." Old. I mean, if you put it side by side, he looks older than Tom. That's the difference in. I just can't even imagine doing what Tom does from a diet standpoint, and to be that committed to it always. Yeah. Uh, you know, it takes that. Tom, I've had ice cream, bro. Yeah. Tom's kind of like Wooderson. You know. You know what I like about NFL <laughs> players? I get older, they stay the same age. <laughs> So great. Dan Hope with this. Ohio State center Harry Miller, who's been unavailable for the first two games, was among the players coming off the practice field in uniform as they awaited post-practice interviews at the Woody yesterday. Thing or not a thing? Sure. Thing. Yeah. I mean, and good for him. Yeah. Not going to make much difference as a matter, you know, the next couple of weeks, but good for him to get back. And, um, you know, I don't know if he, he makes a difference or not. If, probably. Uh, we talk about well-rounded just dudes. I mean, yeah. that guy. Um, you're happy for him. You're happy for him to, to hopefully be getting healthy and, and inching his way back. And 
And look, I want our O-line at full strength. I want the starters that are supposed to be starting out there. And, um, you know, they won't get tested until somewhat against, you know, Rutgers. You know, at least our Rutgers has a Julius Turner at D-tackle who can make plays in the backfield. At least they have uh, Fadukasi at linebacker who's a Sunday guy, you know, so... There's at least some, uh, believe it or not, Sunday players on that Rutgers defense. So they won't really even have a challenge. They shouldn't anyway, our offensive line, tell Rutgers. Saw this tweet from Nick Wright, who's apparently on a first-name uh, basis with Kyrie Irving. There are a handful of Kyrie trades that potentially make sense for the Nets. Kyrie's agents have made it known that Kyrie would simply retire from the NBA if Brooklyn were to trade him. Thing or not a thing? Well, it's it's a big thing. I will give Kyrie credit for this, and, and while I... You know, as someone who hit the biggest shot, the Cleveland Cavaliers in the history of their franchise and provided a whole lot of joy when he was a Cavalier, I'll say this. He's committed to him. He is yes. committed to it. He is committed to player empowerment. He is committed. He is willing to sacrifice everything yep. for what he wants. There aren't yep. that many guys who are willing to do that. He will sacrifice money. He will sacrifice reputation. He will sacrifice what you think of him. Frankly, it appears that he doesn't give a damn what you think yep. about him. Um, and that takes an incredible selfishness, but also committed. Yeah. Yeah. Still, I mean, if you're committed to the flat earth, then... Um, yeah, you've got to be really committed to yeah. not caring to... Yeah. I, I just... To flex the way he flexes. Some of the um, the drama with him, though, is just... It's exhausting. But he don't That's care. Awesome. Most no, he guys care. have care about their how they're perceived or no. worry about. No, he doesn't care about any of that. No, and I'm not saying he should care. You know, no, no. But I'm, I, just, I, but I'm saying I'm not it's saying just, he shouldn't. I think maybe right. you should. I I just right? don't have energy for it. <laughs> you know, no, like, I don't either. I think most don't. Yeah, yeah. I think most fans are like, okay, fine, Kyrie. If you're going to retire, if they trade you, fine. Yeah, the league will move on. Yeah. CBS Sports' latest mock draft has three Buckeyes going in the first round. Chris Olave, 17th to the Colts. Zach Harrison, 22nd to Dallas. Garrett Wilson, 27th to the Lions. Thing or not a thing? I would say not a thing because I don't know that they've scouted appropriately. Yeah, I'm not. For this, for these numbers, I'm not, um, this order. I expect Garrett and, and Chris to be first-round guys. Mm-hmm. Um Jury's out for me on Zach Harrison. He he has all the 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 measurements that you would love, um, but and maybe it's unfair of us because of the the Joey, the Nick, the Chase. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But you kind of expect, and you saw the flash week one. I haven't forgotten about the sack, the strip sack that was huge. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll, but I just think the jury is still out on that because um, I think he should be that dominant player. Like he should be in the conversation for. Um, you know, defensive player of the year in the Big Ten, you know, when it comes down to it. And so, I, I just need to see it more consistently. Football Outsiders analyst Mike Tanier with this. The Browns are 12.5 point favorites against the Texans. The last time they were favored by more than 12 points was in 1995 against the Jaguars. Belichick was the coach. Vinny Testaverde was the QB. They lost the game. Thing or not a thing? <laughs> So th- this is, I'm pretty sure, uh, this is the this is right around when it was announced or it got wind that they were leaving Cleveland. 
mm. uh, because this was the year that I think Sports Illustrated put him on the cover to win the picked him to win the Super Bowl. Mm. Um, going into that, um, and and then the season went off the rails because it was found out that they were moving and the distraction was as enormous as you imagined that it would be. Um, I think the other thing I will say that's interesting about this is I think there's going to be a lot of this uh, because you know when you don't play relevant football for 20 years, the better part of 20 years, you got to go back to find. Yeah. Things to compare this team to. So I think yeah. there will be more of these comparing to the, these teams in the mid-90s that Belichick had and the ladies' teams with Schottenheimer. Yeah. Um, I, I would just like the Browns to break one of these stats. You know, we talked about how last week they had lost, like, what, 16 straight season openers. Let's not have this be another thing. You know, handle your business. Yeah. It's tied for, I think, the Bucks spread for the biggest of the weekend. Um yeah, As you say, right. act accordingly. You know, get it done. Cover. Let's go. Last one for you real quick. This is from NFL Network's Colleen Wolf. Terry McLaurin will play with his seventh different starting QB in the regular season tomorrow. His 11th starting QB change in three seasons. Thing or not a thing? You saw his catch over the weekend, right, where he changed mm-hmm. his body trajectory yeah. to make the yeah. catch. If I were Washington right now, I would <clears> trade two twos. One of those defensive linemen, not named Chase Young, and another defensive starter or whatever, to Houston for Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I do that right now. Yep. Deshaun Watson's not suspended. Yep. He's facing no disciplinary action from the league. He's eligible to play. He's healthy. Hmm. I just. This is incredible because remember how we talked about the consistency that Michael Thomas has been blessed with and with oh, Drew yeah. Brees all yeah. those years. This is the opposite. This is and the yet, opposite, yeah. he is still dominated. Um, so that's incredible, uh, Terry. That's incredible. But I'm with you. They need they need something at QB. To, do you remember to, us talking about him in the draft going, well, he'll be an elite special teamer? Oh, yeah, I remember that. Great leader, <laughs> special teams captain. Right. He'll play 10 years. Well, he's going to play 10 years. He's just going to be a pro bowler. That's, yep. that's the difference. Man, he was, yep. he's been awesome. It's been a fun story to follow. Uh, we will attempt to beat the house coming up next. NFL picks against the number. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. Never short on opinions. Always short on class. Common Man and T-Bone. Weekdays from 3 to 6. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. Sports talk distilled to its purest form. You're listening to Bishop and Laurinaitis. And join the fan for the Ozone Tailgate on Lane for the best game day tailgate in town. Catch the pregame show with Matty Ice, Tyvis Powell. Listen to live music. Watch the game if you're not headed inside. Be sure to bring some cash for your favorite tailgate refreshments. The Ozone Tailgate on Lane is sponsored by Kohler and Buckeye Power Sales. White Claw, your local Columbus Hyundai dealer. And Jack Daniels, we will see you on Saturday. Before we beat the house, I was thinking about this. Did you see the – have you guys seen the, um, the videos going around, like the NFL Films video of the – uh, Browns and Chiefs, and in that is Patrick Mahomes uh, with an embrace of Kareem Hunt, and uh, and then he said, "Where's six? And he goes and finds Baker, and away you go. And it got me thinking, and I think sometimes we forget, and it was deserved. I'm not pretending, let's not mince words. It was deserved that the Kansas City Chiefs cut Kareem Hunt because of his actions. He has he earned a second chance. He has delivered in the second chance with the Browns. That can all be true, and it can also be true that it's one of the great what-ifs. If he wouldn't have made the mistake, and if the Kansas City Chiefs had, Chiefs had had Kareem Hunt the last three years, what does that look like? Yeah. I mean, because when you watch him, I'm convinced like he's a top six running back in the league. 
still. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't get that because they have Nick Chubb. Mm-hmm. So they did this deal with Kareem Hunt that you know he he didn't come in as a first round pick, so he got a deal. I think it was ten million guaranteed. It's an incredibly team friendly deal. I think they did it as insurance in case it got a little dicey with Nick Chubb. Those guys get along famously, so that's that's all great. But it is in a way. Waste is the wrong word, but it's a gluttonous amount of talent at running back. Yeah. And if he were on another team, I think he could be what he was previously, leading rusher in the league. Well, you just think about the trickle-down effect of that, right? Yeah. I mean, they, Kansas City you know, drafts Edwards Hilaire, which, um, you know, good player, but it's still the jury's still out on the NFL career. Ain't Kareem Hunt. Then you say, hey, do you – you obviously aren't making that draft pick if you have Kareem Hunt. And then where else are you able to go in the draft um, that kind of help bolster the roster? So, yeah, the trickle-down effects of that, the what-ifs of that, Kareem's decision, as you said, led them no choice Yep. Um, in Kansas City. And um, But, yeah, I agree. Every time that he comes in the game, you feel like it's it's just another starter coming in. Not only, yeah, absolutely. Not only just another starter, it feels like he's almost as good as Nick Chubb. And he actually does some things better than Chubb. And I think Chubb's, if not the best, he's the third, fourth best running back in the league. Like, if Chubb's the third best running back in the league, Kareem Hunt's the sixth, seventh. <laughs> they have them both. Mm. So how do you possibly, you know, it's, a, it's an incredible thing to have. It's an incredible yeah. luxury to have. Um, but how do you possibly take full advantage of both? Right. Because it's not like Nick Chubb needs to come out of the game. Right. Yeah. It's, um, and then the Browns were fortunate enough due to belief in the, the turnaround of the organization and, um, to lock up Kareem Hunt. You know, oh, yeah. that, that, that deal is incredible. And obviously Kareem's from that area, so he that helps. But. And because of what he did and them taking a shot on him, there was... Absolutely. You know, yep. all of that. Yep. But they are... factors in, in. Absolutely. It, it it makes sense, you know, for everybody. But I, anytime I watch him play, I just think, boy, if he was the starting running back for the L.A. Rams, he'd be 1,300 yards, five yards a carry, another 300, Pro 400... Pro yep. Bowl. 400 yep. yards receiving... If he was playing in San Francisco, if yeah. he was pl- any place that needs a running back, put yeah. him in there, and he could lead the league in rushing. Yep. So it's wild. Yep. All right, let's beat the house, Chops. Beat the house. Bishop and Laurenitis. All right, a solid 8-8 eight and eight performance out of both of you in week I'm one. I'm happy with that in week one. Week one is tough to, a, to a, you know select. You haven't seen these teams at, at full rosters, full strength. Think week one to be eight and eight and feel pretty good about it. Feeling pretty good about it. What do you think's harder, week one or the week two overreaction? Week one, especially with three preseason games, you have no idea what the hell these teams look like for yeah. the preseason. You have ideas about some, but eight and eight, I'll take it. Week two starts tonight in Washington. Giants at the football team. Football team minus three and a half. Next All right. Tyler Heineke's playing for Washington. I rolled with Washington last week. I think the Giants are terrible. I do. I think, did you hear the story? Joe Judge had him out running after the game, after the loss. 
Like, I don't even on know if you game can do day? that. Yeah. You had him oh back out gosh. there running. Um, ugly game tonight. I, I will not watch much of this. Give me the football team. 18-14, I'll take him to cover. <sighs> a lot of hooks this week, buddy. Lots of hooks. I am going the Washington football team to cover. And... I am going to say it's because that defensive front absolutely owns Danny Jones all night. I don't care who's playing quarterback for the football team. Either you know who else does it? Terry McLaurin. He'll be productive. So I just got that D line man is so real. Give me the football team. I've mixed it up too. It is Taylor Heineke, not Tyler. Okay. Same. Doesn't matter. Great. The Bears minus two and a half totally hosting the Bengals. Sean Watson, it doesn't matter. <laughs> All right, so here we go. The Bears, Bengals. Um, I thought that Jay had a phenomenal point. Akeem Hicks in the interior could absolutely be a game plan wrecker. I think this is a good football game. I think there's a lot of juice at Soldier Field. Um, I think it's a tight game, but I'm, I'm not sold on the Bengals O line yet, Bo. To go into Chi-Town and get a victory. So I think the Bears win a tight one by three, but they will cover. Yeah, I'll go same on that. Um, I think there's a little bit of fool's gold in the Bengals' offensive performance through the air. It was a lot of check down stuff. You yeah. mentioned uh, mentioned how many times Burrow got hit. I think that'll continue. Um, and I think Dalton's more than fine. And, and I think he'll mix in a little bit more of fields. I, the only thing I can see is I can see this getting really ugly. If Dalton struggles early, I can see this getting really ugly in Chicago, but I'm with you. I have the Bears covering. Browns minus 12.5 at home against the Texans. Good teams win, great teams cover. What's Cleveland? Are they a good team? Are they a great team? I think um, this is a big number. As, as we said in Thing or Not a Thing, we haven't had one of these since 1995 yeah. from the Browns' perspective. Um, there's a lot of former Browns on the Houston team that will be playing hard. Christian mm-hmm. Kirksey, um, there, there's uh, Tyrod Taylor at quarterback, obviously, uh, Money Mitch at corner. So there's a lot of guys um, on that team that are going to be pretty pretty elevated to play. But I love what Stefanski did yesterday. I love the tone. There are 1-0s and O's all over the facility. 1-0 and o versus 0-1. I think his team's focused. I think they're ready. First time with the full throat fans up in Cleveland since 2019. Uh, give me Cleveland by two touchdowns. They cover. Same. I, I think the Browns are for real. I think if you need another boost, your fact that you're at home at the dog pound, um, I think that place is going to be juiced up to see the team. And so, yeah, I think that the Brownies will, uh, will get the dub, and I think they will win by two touchdowns, and they'll cover. Rams minus three and a half at the Colts. Oh, my goodness. What are we talking about, man? Ram it. You kidding me? You're just going to see more and more of Sean McVay's new toy, Matthew Stafford. You know, Matthew Stafford might just get a head coaching job next year just based on the fact of playing with Sean for Sean McVay this season. Um, everyone else does. That touches them. So give me the Rams. Absolutely on the road at Indy. Same. Just ram it. Bills minus three and a half on the road at the Dolphins. Dolphins got a pretty good defense. I didn't like what I saw in Buffalo. Doesn't mean it's going to be a year long problem, 
I'm going to go with the home team. Buffalo wins by a field goal. 17-14. Give me the Dolphins to cover. Oh, man. I thought I was going to be able to sneak one in on you in this one. Same. I think Dolphins cover. At home. Nice and sticky down there in Miami. Never fun to go down to Miami early in the season. Better hydrate. That's Greg Greg Williams used to say. You better carbohydrate. What the hell does that mean, Greg? It means eat carbs. You gotta eat food too to hydrate. Okay, I get it. Thank you. (laughs) Carbohydrate. He's always. There's another Greg Williams thing too. uh, Talking about how you have to hydrate more in cold games because when you shiver, your body actually burns more. So don't have the shiver complex get you dehydrated. All right, G Dub. Where Dolphins. is he? Dolphins. I don't know. Chilling somewhere. The, probably. In I didn't Louis. know if he was in the league or not. I knew, yeah. I don't think so. No. <laughs> Another road favorite, Patriots minus six at the New York Jets. Yes. So six. Do they beat New York by a touchdown? You mean to tell me you want Bill Belichick in that defense versus Zach Wilson? You saw what Flores. Uh, look, give me New England. Experienced DCs against rookie quarterbacks. Is a nightmare. It's a nightmare. The numbers I think Matt big. Jones will continue to ascend. Yeah, the numbers big. Um, if Becton was playing for the Jets, I could see a backdoor cover situation. You're basically saying the Jet, the Patriots are nine points better than the Jets. I don't know if they are, uh, but Becton going down is a big deal for the Jets. Um, yeah, I, I like the Patriots by seven two twenty one fourteen. Road favorites continue. 49ers minus three at the Eagles. San Francisco. This the reason I think this is even where this is an overreaction one. Yes, it Philly's is. not as good as they looked. San Francisco wasn't as close as you were led to believe by the late scores. Yeah. Uh, San Francisco found a back who can run in the zone scheme defensively. They're going to wreak havoc. Uh, San Francisco big, Niners big. Yep, same. Steelers minus five and a half hosting the Las Vegas Raiders. Ooh, I think this is uh, it's a tough one. But Steelers at home, man, what are we talking about? Vegas isn't going to travel there and play well. I think there's a little overreaction. They're still on their high from Monday. Short week. Give me Steelers. Five and a half, huh? Steelers win. Do it. Go for Vegas then. Do it. Steelers win. Do it. By four. Saints minus three at the Panthers. Oh, this one's me. Yeah. Um, are they six points better? I liked what I saw from Carolina. Carolina's going two and zero. Give me the Panthers. I can't do it. I don't blame you. New Orleans. Give me the Saints. I just picked two bad teams in a row. I hate when I do that. Week of the road favorite. Broncos minus six at the Jaguars. Gosh. Broncos minus six. I mean, are they that much better than the Jags? Teddy two gloves. Um, Isn't Judy down? Uh, He's down. Judy's down. Yeah. Uh, Man, I don't know. Jacksonville at home. That crowd will be pumped. They'll be rock. No, no, they won't. No, they won't. Six, though. Is that team six? Yes, they are. Denver. Yep, same. Broncos cover. <laughs> that was tough, but sorry, Denver. Yeah, Broncos cover. Cardinals minus three and a half playing host to the Vikings. Healthy Kyler, all the weapons. Minnesota's not as good as even they made it look. Uh, Arizona wins big. Big at home. Same. 
Bucks minus 12 and a half hosting the Atlanta Falcons. I'm going to pick any team against Atlanta until they prove otherwise. I don't like the number, divisional game, right? Any given Sunday, all that. But until Atlanta, I'm so mad over them last week that I will pick Tampa Bay. And I don't even care about the number. It could have been it could have been 21. Falcons are gutless. Bucks big. Dallas at the Los Angeles Chargers, LA minus three and a half. Derwin James back for the Chargers looking great. Good defense. Dallas can score though. Gonna be a home game for the Cowboys out there. A lot of Cowboys fans in Southern California. Gonna be a home game for them. Chargers may win the game, but I don't need them to win the I, I, I don't need them to to doesn't matter if they do for me. Give me Dallas to cover the three and a half. I think win. L.A. wins by three. I'm with you. Um, I know that, obviously, Randy Gregory is on the COVID list. Demarcus Lawrence breaks his foot yesterday, out six to eight weeks. Um, their next career sack guy is Jalen Smith with, like, nine. So Dallas's defense even getting thinner, but Dak, I feel like, can just backdoor cover. Like, they, he can move the rock, man. So I think Cowboys will cover Titans at Seahawks, Seattle minus five and a half. Tennessee flying all that way. They're going to be fired up. Doesn't matter. Seahawks at home by a touchdown. Same. <clears throat> Chiefs minus three and a half on the road at the Ravens. I, I feel like I don't. This one almost it bugs me how small it is because of how good Kansas City is and the issues I saw. Buddy, yep. no Marcus Peters is a problem. Yes, it is. You go cover zero, you better have two dudes at corner. They do it yep. over and over again, and they don't. They yep. will score points. They got problem. By the way, they have problem at right tackle, too, yep. in Baltimore. I don't think they can block it. I don't think they can cover it. I think this could be the start of a bit of a long year for Baltimore. I got Kansas City slump town. I got Kansas City as well. And this, nobody gets more like favored like points spreads than the Ravens based on purely reputation. Yeah. Packers minus eleven playing host the Detroit Lions. I feel bad for Detroit because I feel like Aaron Rodgers is going to just unleash the fury on the Lions. I do. Packers. If he doesn't, then the fix is in. Yep. Then he's then he's then it's straight sabotage. Yep. If he doesn't, Detroit can't hang. They can't hang. Yeah. If you you got your uh, you got your Aaron Rodgers in the fantasy, I think he lights them up too. Uh, give me the Packers uh, to win big on that one. Uh, coming up next, we switch gears back to the college game, a big one in Happy Valley. James Franklin addressing the USC rumors and Auburn coming to town. Timing not great. We get into it coming up next. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on the fan. If you consider yourself a Buckeye fan, you've come to the right place. This is your heritage sports talker and home of Ohio State Athletics, the fan, Ohio's sports destination. Listen responsibly. Now back to Bishop and Laurinaitis. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on the fan. And look, you need to go out there and get some ridiculously good salsa. And I'm not talking about any salsa. It's literally the name of the company. Okay. Their salsa is hands down the best you can get. And it's made right here 
in Columbus by an absolutely wonderful family that I have gotten to know over the last few weeks. I love their salsa. I've been eating it for years. I get it at the Dublin Market, which runs through September on Saturdays. You can head out there and grab some, or you can just go to Whole Foods or Wylands, the Hills Market, etc. Ridiculously good salsa, aptly named because it really is ridiculously good. Flavors are mild, happy, meaty, yum, which is my favorite. And then for heat lovers out there, high heat. Get it for game day and every occasion. I threw it on some taco meat the other night. We had a little sweet potatoes diced up, uh, put some fixings, some taco meat, put a little of that ridiculously good salsa, just tops it off perfectly. Go get it. Ridiculously good salsa. I think a ridiculously great environment is Penn State for a night game at Happy Valley. See what you did there. That's it. It's, it's the whiteout. It's the best. It's as good as any environment in college football. I've been lucky enough to be at a lot of them. It's unbelievable how good it is. Um, there's something about the way that stadium's lit that adds to it. Um, <clears throat> yep. Because it's almost, it's just this bright, if you haven't been over there. You're talking about the lighting or like it's lit, like the kids say? The actual lighting. <laughs> because some of the corners are pitch black. Yes. In there. Like where our fans sit in the corners yes. is pitch black. Um, so like when you, like when Joey Bosa had the sack off and you went, I mean, that was unbelievable in there, how loud that place was. And it, they stand, the student section's great, they're organized, they cheer. It's awesome. It's absolutely awesome. And they, they host Auburn in it um, on Saturday night in a game that means a lot for the Big Ten, means a lot for Penn State, means a lot for James Franklin's program. I think it's fair to say that there's an opening at the top of the Big Ten. He went to Wisconsin and won. They've got Penn State. He saw what happened to Ohio State. All of this is enough for us to talk about this game. You yep. add to it the fact that Dan Patrick says that there's mutual interest between James Franklin and USC, and there's even more intrigue. Here is Franklin on USC, and if he's a candidate. As you guys know, I can't stand in any form of distraction. Um, so I'll discuss this today with the leadership council so that we can make sure that all of our energy and, uh, our, all of our energy is on our preparation for Auburn. Uh, and that's how, that's how we'll handle it. I'm going to, I'm going to talk to the leadership council today about it. Now, to be fair, if he, he is a candidate that. or if he has mutual interest, which I believe he would have mutual yes. interest in that job, I think he knows how tough his job is at Penn State with us in the middle of the way. And yep. he's seen how hard it is to recruit against Ohio State. I mean, he's got this, uh, the, the kid up at, in, in Medina, the kid who's a five-star quarterback. Now Ohio State's trying to get in on him. Yep. He saw what, he saw, he had to play Justin Fields. Yep. <laughs> he had Justin Fields. You know, he may have to play Kyle McCord at some point. Kyle McCord had to drive past Happy Valley to get here. Fleming, yep. too. So he knows what he's up against. So I think, and rightfully so, I think he's done what, He's done plenty for Penn State people to be appreciative, and and if he wants to go to USC, fine, I get it. It's a better job, yep. frankly. That being said, he wouldn't be having that dialogue now anyway. Yep, that'd be his agent. That that would never be USC directly. Yeah, exactly, it would never be. So that allows him, you know, yeah. some plausible it's like a head coach saying like, "Don't even let it get to me. If you can handle it, handle it. I don't even want to know about it, so I don't have to deny it." This is the same thing. Agents are paid to handle these conversations and then you can say I'm focused on this week. I'm surprised he just didn't scream into the microphone Auburn! 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 <laughs> That's what I would do. Not even answer it. Auburn! This is You are all poison! All of you! Auburn! And you never denied it. You just no. created a scene. Did he um, Do you have any problem with me saying this is the mo- most important non-conference game in the Big Ten this season? Um, yeah, I think so, because it's an SEC team coming up to 
what a lot of people in the Big Ten would consider the best night environment in the conference. It's our best that we have to offer as far as the unique loudness, environment, um, scene. ESPN's going to make a massive deal out of it. Um, Herb Street absolutely loves it, so he's going to talk about it. They're going to lay out the whole open and let that thing just soak in. They'll be playing the Zombie Nation or whatever the heck they play, and they'll be chanting and they'll be going, and you'll hear the the tiger meow. I'm not calling it a growl; it's a meow. And so you'll hear all that. Call it a tiger, <laughs> lion, whatever the heck it is. Um, I used to tell it him, is an annoying lion. It's an I used to tell him those little cougar annoying. or whatever the heck I. I I always mess with my Penn State guys. I can't repeat on air what I used to call it. Um, but <laughs> anyway, they, um, they're going to do all that, and it's going to be awesome. It's going to look great on TV, and Herbie's going to pump it up. And so you want them to um, perform in the way to where you're like, look, if you are a true like fan of Big Ten football, you got to just hope that Penn State and the environment overwhelms them. Like Auburn you know, takes the ball. False start in the first play, right? That place is going insane. And yeah. Penn State wins. They don't have to roll, but Penn State wins. So that we can stick our chest out and say, that's right. You know, if more of y'all came up north during, you know, the season and not these neutral sites, you know, it just gives us a little little trash talk. And we need it as a conference after what we did last week. Yeah, and I, I think Penn State's decent. I think they're really good defensively, and I think Dotson's a dude on the outside. These aren't reinventing the wheel statements, but they're good. I I watched all the Wisconsin game. Uh, I think they're prepared for this game. This will come down to Sean Clifford making plays. I also don't think Auburn's that good. Yeah. Right? I mean, I think Auburn's yeah. got pros because everybody down there does. So they've got guys on the defensive line you've never heard of who are going to be in the league. Um, but th- this is not cam newton walking through the door uh it's not that type of auburn team that's coming in there um so so this is one that penn state should be the better team they should handle their business and they should get a win um i i think it's i think there's a lot of pressure on penn state to win i think there's a lot of pressure on franklin to win um i think he i think that everything that he said in terms of we're not having distraction i think he knows what it is every man is every man thinks about their legacy and if yeah. he is peaking at USC, wouldn't it be nice to leave Penn State as Big Ten champions, beating Auburn at home? Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. It'd be a nice way to leave if he is mm-hmm. going to leave at some point. But he's not thinking about that now. He's in a foxhole. Yep. He's trying to beat an SEC team at his place. And what is you want to you want to talk about Penn State and, and the brand and what it can be? The brand of and this is probably the most effective thing that's happened is the whiteout has erased some of the off field stuff. Not all clearly. That's always going to be there. But the whiteout is something you think of a lot with Penn State. They're tied together. And if they win, it's only amplified for them. Yep. So it's a monster. It's the biggest one in the Big Ten. I will not say that about the other Big Ten uh, game of the week. No, come on. Come on. Game of the century. Let's go. Shock the world, Scott. It, it was at one point. Can you even find a way that this is remotely close? Among the things we get into as we look ahead of week three in college football, that is coming up next. Bishop and Lauren, I just read here on the fan. One, two, three. The Daily Coach Ryan Day Show is brought to you locally by Credit Union of Ohio and by Hyde Park Prime Steakhouse on the fan, Ohio's sports destination. This is a Daily Show with Coach Ryan Day brought to you by Safe Light Autograss. Always a lot of talk about leadership, but leaders really need it in all kind of different ways when you come off a game that doesn't go well. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's, you know, when you, when you face adversity, you find out a lot about, about a lot of people. Um, you know, it's one thing to, you know, when things are going well and get out in front of it and, um, you know, everything's positive and a little bit of front running. But when something doesn't go well, I mean, that's life, too, in general, is that you find out a lot about people when, when things don't go exactly how you planned. And uh, certainly last Saturday didn't go as we planned. So now it's time to uh, tighten things up. And, and uh, like you said, the leadership has to show through this week. What are the elements of that just staying together? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, there's certainly enough uh, finger pointing to go around across the board, and a lot of people are going to do that. But right here in this group, right here in the Woody, you know, we have to, you know, make sure that we're sticking together in this thing, like you said, and make sure that we, you know, come up with solutions. Okay, we'll have another comment in just a moment. A linebacker and a man of leisure. This doesn't even make sense. You're listening to Bishop and Laurenitis. And join Matt Andrews. Time is pal Friday night under the lights of the fans' high school football game of the week. Coverage of this week's matchup, Ola Tangi at Reynoldsburg, starts Friday at 6.30 on the fan. Catch highlights and scores from high school football games around Central Ohio on 1st and 10. Hey, I used to be on that show. Friday nights at 11.15 on 10 TV. Loved high school football on a Friday night. Loved that. It's the best. Yeah, it's awesome. It's, yeah, it really, a lot really, of really Bishop really Sycamore highlights. <laughs> you know, I, so I said when I saw those guys, remember? I was like, dude, I did that for eight years. I don't remember ever doing a Bishop Sycamore game. You That's what I knew. I had a little bit of a red flag uh, at, at that point with that one. Um, also, in addition to that, uh, we've uh, we got a little giveaway to 197.10. Uh, let's go third caller. Winner receives a pair of tickets to Zumbezi Bay. Zombezi Bay, if you will. The waves of Zumbezi Bay have been replaced by the waves of terror. That's right. Haunted houses, scare zones, plenty of wild rides. Open select nights, September seventeenth through August thirty first. Get tickets at zoombeasybay.com. Are you a? Are you a? Um, no, no, no. I already know. Me neither. I me it. neither. If I walk through a haunted house and someone don't touches like me, it. they're getting smoked. So I don't like it. Yeah, I've never liked it. I don't even watch Not, scary movies. I, I don't think I don't I've either. watched a scary movie since Horror like movies. Halloween, um, and not like last Halloween, like the movie Halloween, and yeah. um, like the first Scream. And I remember the reason why the first scream spooked me is that my dad was always out of town. Yeah. And it was just, there's so many nights where it'd just be me and my mom and my sister at home. And we lived on five acres. Yeah, the woods. And it'd be pitch black in the woods. And anytime the phone rang, I was like, mm. I ain't answering that. No way. Nope. Not me. After I saw that movie. So I don't, I don't do scary movies. No, I, I don't stupid. either. And I hate it, by the way. It should be banned. That when I'm watching a primetime football game, I don't want to see Candyman come on, and I don't want no. to scare my seven year old for the I'm next gonna, you know four weeks. You know, I don't want to deal with that. that. No, you don't need that. And I'll tell you what, it's one thing on the Sunday night game at past nine o'clock at night. It's something else entirely in the in the four o'clock game or the one o'clock game. Like that doesn't need to be, come on. Let let let's have some sense. Mm-hmm. We don't need that stuff in there. Uh, I'm with you. I think the last one, last horror movie I saw was probably. I remember being in middle school and seeing Children of the Corn, which was a little, always a little scary. Uh, where I grew up with the wheat fields just replacing the corn, that was always a little dicey uh, in terms of that. Um, but no, I don't, I don't seek it out. They do that thing at, um, uh, they do the thing in in Mansfield at the Shawshank Prison. Like, are you out of your mind? <laughs> you think I'm going in a prison to be scared in nope. a haunted house? That pr- nope. that's a creepy prison anyway. Nope. 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 No thanks. You I'll think pass. I'm going in there? Not a nope. chance. Nope. Not doing it. If you guys had to take your best guess, where do you think I fall on haunted houses? You love them. Love them. Yeah. I haven't yeah. been to one in a long time, do though. Do you like horror movies? Yeah, for sure. Oh, weirdo. Yeah. The, uh, I've been to the 
a crazy one that's around here. It's called the Haunted Hoochie. That's a that's a pretty rough one. Jeez. Not a chance. You couldn't no. pay me. Sorry. I, Used to have a property that that the guy the kid the, the guy would rent out and it was it was used to be like a a former grocery store and he would build one of those uh, he built the haunted houses in there and there'd be people lined up out the parking lot yep to go to this thing on the weekends Sad. it was crazy and I I went through it in the day and I'm like no that and escape rooms nope. like the amount of panic that I just feel from being like hold on we're locked in here until we find some no yeah no. You ever do no. a prison tour and they say, "Oh yeah, let's." You want to see what solitary confinement's like? Nope. I'm nope. Good. Nope. I live my life to not ever be in that position. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I always had, that was one of my biggest fears as a kid uh, was wrongfully imprisoned. Jeez. Oh, yeah. I ain't doing that. We got to yeah. make sure that doesn't happen. Man. Speaking of speaking of in prison, Scott Frost tried to get out of jail. He tried to not play this game against Oklahoma. Mm. I was listening to Joel Klatt on uh, on BTN yesterday. He was on with Revson, and um, and Revson goes, "Is there any? Is there any way?" He basically asked him a straight question, like, "You know, how does Nebraska make it close?" And Klatt's simple answer is, "They can't. They really can't." And then he realized he was on Big Ten Network, and he realized he's going to be calling the game, so he kind of made the case that their defense is better and that Martinez is a gamer. Um, but I think he also brought up another good point, which was Oklahoma's already been scared once. I mean, Tulane came in there and scared them. The fact that yep. Nebraska didn't want to play the game, the fact that the alumni in Oklahoma are going to want to hammer them, yep. this looks like a bloodletting to me. It probably will be. I don't see a way, um, unless Rattler is unhinged, you know, to where like he turns the ball over early and Adrian yep. just decides, I'm going to do everything myself. Otherwise, there's really no threat at tailback on the outside in the trenches. There's just, I don't see a chance that Nebraska even keeps it close. Um, that's why Penn State is so big, because when you look it's at the so other long. conference games, I think Nebraska gets bludgeoned. I think that Cincinnati beats Indiana. Yeah. And it won't be a good day for the rest of the conference. No one will be watching us. I had to look up yesterday what time the game's at and what channel. Um, right. So I'll be able to... Uh, Listen, maybe zoom the YouTube or uh, stream the YouTube TV right behind right behind the steering wheel. I know it's not really legal, but I might. I don't know. Maybe I'll just watch it when I'm charging the Tesla. And do there you go. Who knows? Who yeah, knows? But uh, you know, no, it's not good. It. It's it's not good. And I I think on the and I know we're up against it, but real quick on the on the Nebraska Oklahoma, um, this is a case of I I think that that you can draw some parallels here in the sense that. Oklahoma was irrelevant in the 90s. Yep. Irrelevant. They hi- yep. Now, these two schools were in the same league. Yep. They were relevant. They hired Bob Stoops. They got it right. What did Bob Stoops do? He went into Texas, and he went back to what Oklahoma was forever. We're going to go recruit Texas, yep. and we're going to win with Texas players, and they're going to be chesty when they walk across the Red River and go down to Texas and go to work. And that's part of the culture of Oklahoma and has been forever. Nebraska messed up their hiring and then went to the Big Ten, and they can't even go into Texas. Oklahoma always had that Texas recruiting base. Nebraska never did and has no home. And so one of the greatest what ifs in college sports for us will be what if the Big Ten had helped out Texas or helped out Nebraska by getting Texas and Oklahoma? Oh, boy. The other big what if, too, when you talk to people is what if Jim Delaney had been a little more flexible when it came to Notre Dame? Jeez. Whatever it took. 
Yeah, especially that was the not the attitude. One. At first, it was like they were really close, really close from everything I've gathered, and then it turned into almost like a pride thing. Like when it mm. didn't happen, he thought he was being very, very kind to Notre Dame, um, more kind than maybe some of the other institutions that are uh, in the Big Ten that joined, as far as money and when and all that stuff, and. They want. They kept pushing the envelope, trying to get more and more, be more special. And he said, just out of ego, the hell with y'all then. Yeah. Well, he shouldn't have done that in Oklahoma and Texas. I that's, think that was facts. more pressure from the other presidents because of uh, OU's AAU status, which Who is, cares? makes me <laughs> makes me want to get in a three point stance and run as fast as I can into this side of the barn. <laughs> Can't worry about that, brother. Like, what are we doing? What are you doing? Uh, we hit three student things. athletes, coach. Student oh, athletes. God, we hit three things on a Thursday. Bishop and Lord, right here. Telling it like it is, even if that makes you uncomfortable. Common Man and T-Bone. Weekdays from three to six. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. Bo is well groomed. James brings the boom. You are listening to Bishop and Laurinaitis. Mike, time for three things on a Thursday. Hit it, chops. One. Two, one, two, three things with Bishop and Laurenitis. Sponsored by Custom Air. Custom Air. Custom Solutions. Custom Comfort. Number one for me, I saw this, and it's a reminder of program building and the ones that miss it and the ones that hit it. There are seven starting quarterbacks in the National Football League that hail from the state of Texas. None of them played at the University of Texas. Mm. You want to know how it gets off the rails? You could probably do the same with you, with Southern California. There are a blank amount of starting quarterbacks in the league from the state of California or even Southern California. How many of them played at USC? Mm. Sam Darnold, right? That's it. Mm. That's incredible. That's incredible. My first thing, um, look, just ram it, baby. I mean, I, I literally sent a text message to the head athletic trainer, who was my trainer in St. Louis, and I said, hey, man. Who, is there anybody left over from St. Louis in the equipment room? I just need some swag because it. all my stuff that I have from St. Louis is like 2X. And I'm like an <laughs> L flirting with a medium. So can you help me so I can rep the squad without you know having it look like you know I'm, I'm part of Cash Money Records back in the 90s, <laughs> you know? And they hooked it up. Hooked it up with some Beautiful. swag. And I got to tell you... I don't like it on the jersey, but the bone color on a long sleeve, it oh. works. It yeah. works. Well, the blue is flawless. I mean, they, they it is. Like... You guys were talking about haunted houses. You know, it's the season for that, or at least oh, getting close to it. You know what time it actually is, though? We're going on Saturday. Renaissance Fair this weekend was not available <laughs> last year. They didn't do it. So uh, it's really a lot of fun. It's basically like a day. Spice. It's basically like a day at a theme park, but. The food is better, there's more alcohol, and you don't have to wait in line for rides. You're just going around, experiencing it. They do jousting. It's legit. They're on horses, knocking guys over. Can't can't wait. Unbelievable. I can't wait to see the images. Number two for me, so Beamsy's birthday, my middle boy's birthday's coming up. And at this age, kids want to go to bounce houses or they want to go play horse and all this stuff yeah. that the kids do at these at Trampoline parks. Yeah. Um, so I go, Beamsy, what do you want to do? He goes, I want to take... I want." And then he named four kids. And then he said, I want these four kids and me to go to the high school football game on Friday night. And then I said, you're getting all the money. Yeah, you do. You're getting all of it. Matter of fact, we're calling the attorney now. We're going to change the will. Um, Yep. That's the right answer. 
Yeah. Good job out of you. Yeah, man. My second thing, first day of school for Hayden today. Nobody is celebrating more than Cersei. <laughs> when we say that we were... I mean, you're already like, oh my... We love our sweet Hayden. But as you know, there are just... I experienced it the other night. I was with her for 45 minutes at the barn. Just me and her trying to fill out my board. Yep. And my sweet girl just wants you to be involved with everything. I'm trying sure. to write down Northern Illinois information. Dad, Dad, look, look. She's playing basically Fruit Ninja. Dad, look, look, Dad. I'm slicing the apples. Dad, look. <laughs> honey, give me five seconds. I look. Awesome, honey. Look back. Dad, look. I'm, I'm building a cupcake. It's a good thing that she's back at school. I love her, but she needs all that focused energy out in the classroom. Second thing for me, so I saw this. Taco Bell, they're testing a subscription model on their app. So with it, you'd pay between 5 and $10 a month, and you can get a free taco every day you go. Surely it's a deal if you get the taco every day, but I, I actually would say usually I like Taco Bell innovation. This one, I think you just end up spending too much at Taco Bell. You'd eat too much Taco Bell. You'd get there. I don't need more incentive to go there, so I think I'd pass on this one. Number, number three for me. So we, I sent out the boys' clothes last night. And I was well, sent out Bootsy's. The other two handled their business. So I sent out Bootsy's clothes, and then he and I were going to do a little Mario Kart before he went to bed. And he went in his room to get a uh, T-shirt, and, he, and this is a direct quote: "Oh no!" And he came out, and he goes. <laughs> so I, I set out a Southern Tide quarter zip for him to wear. So he comes out, and he goes, "I can tell you this: when I come downstairs, I won't be wearing that. I only wear fancy on picture day." <laughs> he said it's a pullover he was in athletic shorts oh what a legend i only wear fancy on picture day love him God. love him my last thing um i get an email from btn hey we're meet, we're talking with all of our talent we hired a consultant to work on your on-air image and so i tell shelly i'm like the lady emails me and goes hey you haven't scheduled i see and i'm sitting here i'm like i didn't think this applied to me shelly's words she goes what the hell are they worried about your image? You're on air for 10 seconds. Yes, you're right, honey. You're way more witty than me, and I will respond to them with that direct quote. My last thing. So I made the mistake of putting Kit's food bowl out once outside. Now she wants outdoor dining every time we feed her. That's she right. sits by the door, outdoor and she dining. she wants outdoor dining, table service, everything for her. Beautiful. Ryan Day, show up next. We're back tomorrow. Bishop and Lord, it's right here on The Fan. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.